With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 Greetings and welcome inside the Jason Smith Show at Fox Sports Radio, foxsportsradio.com, and iHeartRadio. I'm Jason. The man next to me, breaking his string of two straight nights wearing pants, is Michael Harmon. You blew it! My best friend. How are you tonight, buddy? Well, you know, sometimes you feel a little more powerful. You, you take off a little bit of that clothing, and, and you get after it with some coffee coursing through your veins. As you get in the middle of the week, you got a big-time... National League wild card game underway in hour 14 of its existence. So it's a beautiful thing. Right now in Arizona, we are in the bottom of the seventh in a game that is two hours. Nope, make that officially three hours old. I was going to say 259, but is now officially three hours old. And we are in the bottom of of the seventh inning, the Diamondbacks lead the Rockies 6-5. This looked like this was going to be one of your generic, okay, the Diamondbacks are going to win this one pretty easy games. They jumped out to a 6 nothing lead. However, 
Zach Granke couldn't make it out of the third inning. The Diamondbacks give up four to the Rockies in the fourth. Rockies get one in the top of the seventh. So it is a 6-5 Arizona lead right now as the Diamondbacks bat in the bottom of the seventh inning. The winner moves on. The loser goes home. And one thing that we're going to talk about a lot tonight, and it, it merits it after tonight and last night. Last night's game, Yankees and Twins, was a great game. It was fun. There was plenty of stuff to get into and talk about. It was thrilling. It was three hours and 51 minutes. Tonight's game is likely going to approach that. We, Like I said, we're in the bottom of the seventh inning, and the game is three hours long. No matter how entertaining these games are, people are at the point of no return. This is the tipping point for Major League Baseball, where no matter how good the games are, People are just not going to stay in tune for four hours every single night. It's been a story for a while. And, yes, Major League Baseball playoff games go longer because there's so much more. And and I get that people enjoy the drama. But four hours every night, people are either going to tune out when the game is two hours old and we're in the third inning, which happened last night, or they're not going. They're going to wait and not tune in until we get to the seventh inning. Oh, it's six five in the seventh. Now I'll tune in and see what's going on. Well, it's going to be like an NBA game. Or so. It's going to be like an NBA game. Well, you know it's coming down to the fourth quarter if it's a nationally televised game. You flip it on, you look at the score, you say, "Ah, eh, it's a blowout," and you move, go back to whatever sitcom you were watching, or you tune in because it's tight and it's like, "All right, let's go. Let's watch this final quarter." Here you got ten pitchers have been involved in this game once again. The starters. Short-lived. You've got John Gray doesn't get out of the second. Granky can't finish the fourth. So it's it's just been one of those managerial efforts. And we talked about it yesterday, in the way Joe Girardi had to manage the game. And we'd go back to the way the Royals had done things a couple years ago in their run. So more of the same here. And certainly people fired up watching this game as we get into the later innings. But three-plus-hour investments get difficult. And just really quick to to tell you about this where you get to a really big story. Uh, I'm pretty sure Archie Bradley just drove in two runs with a triple. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> it is now an 8-5 Diamondbacks lead. Hit it to the left center field gap near the Archie Geico Bradley sign. Steaming into third. He slides in. He comes in. Look, he's had a great season. He's got an ERA under two, and, you know, look, this is what it's like. This is why these games go three and a half, four hours, because each team makes 11 pitching changes. Bradley came in in the top of the inning, threw one pitch, got the final out yep. of the inning, so he bats. You got a couple well, runners took, on. He took one All right. you know, back up the box, too. He re- recorded the, uh, the assist. First so. triple of his career. He bats with two runners on. He knocks in two runs. So now it's an 8-5 Diamondbacks lead over the Rockets, and he's great. Because here's a pitcher who knocks in a run. I mean, it's it's awesome. It's it's absolutely fantastic. His batting average now is a thousand. This is great. But the game's gonna go until, you know, nine o'clock midnight. That's okay. Legends are made in October. It's gonna it's it's tough, man. It's a lot to ask when games don't get shorter; they get longer. And you know what you ask people to do right now? You leave the game on in the background. Mm-hmm. You turn down the sound, and you crank us up because we're jacked up to bring you three hours of goodness. All through the night here from the Geico Studios of Fox Sports Radio. But you turned down for what? Uh, if you're not Tommy Lasorda, it doesn't work. 877 on Fox Twitter, at How About a Fresca Twitter, at How About a Fresca Jason, Mike Harmon, and now to the biggest story in sports. Five seconds. 
seconds. No seconds. That's it. Title number four. Oh, yeah. It is a championship night. Sweet redemption. Now, I, I'm, I'm being honest. I really thought we were going to the Cam Newton sound. There. No. <laughs> I really no. did. No, Title Town. To Minnesota Title Town. Last night, let down as the Twins go home. Today. <laughs> yes. Today, they raise, they raise a banner. This is for Santana. This is for Mullen. This is for everybody. This is for you, Minnesota. Maya Moore shoots in the silencer, this and the Lynx go Sam on. Bradford. You know, can I just, because I have a real quick story about the Lynx real fast. Really? Minnesota Lynx win the WNBA title. Just really fast. I really I did not this. expect you to have a Lynx story. When I first started at ESPN, they asked me when I was doing all night, they said, come up with stuff for your bio page, write down your favorite teams, your interests, and your hobbies. I said, okay, great. So there was a spot for favorite team and least favorite team. So my favorite teams, I wrote, you know, Mets, Jets, Syracuse, and least favorite teams, I'm like, I could write, you know, I said, all right, fine. So I write Dolphins, Yankees, and at the bottom I put Minnesota Lynx, just as a joke. I mean, I had nothing against them. I just put it down just because I feel like, ah, you know, why not? For grins and giggles, I put down Minnesota Lynx. And I get a lot of emails from people going, what do you have against the Minnesota Lynx? What have they ever done to you? Why do you hate them? And I'm like, whoa, whoa, it's just kidding. I just picked a random team to write. I would hate. I, all right, I guess everybody's paying attention. Why would you do that? I just I could have picked anybody, but I picked Minnesota Lynx. I just You've did. got a million teams that I, you legitimately walk around here, perhaps causing you an ulcer. And uh, now you're officially banned from Staples Center. Oh. So that's Dodger Stadium and now Staples Center you wow. can't go to. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you're really screwing things up here. Well, it's all right. I'm, look, I'm going like, against the Sparks, really? You're not... going to be banned from StubHub Center, too? Your own daughter's not even going to talk to you anymore. Please, I'm fine. Like, I'm going to miss LaMelo Ball if I don't go there. Come on. Seriously. <laughs> the Jason Smith Show. End of the seventh inning. Archie Bradley is left stranded. But he did drive into it the first triple of his baseball for, career. And he's first relief a... pitcher, evidently, ever. To triple in a postseason game. Right, How about that? that? I'll tell you, Archie Bradley. You see things every night for the first time. And a great beard. Look at him. And his, lot and like his name's Dallas. Archie. Right. Well, he looks a lot like Dallas Keuchel. So you have you have that as well. I bet That's you put a picture of two of them together, people would go, I don't know which one is which. I think they'd be guessing anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, this, the biggest story in sports we're going to get into in a big way today, the Carolina Panthers were just having their normal press conference, normal players talking on a Wednesday, and you're going to talk about the game, the pay, they had just beaten the Patriots, what's happening. And then Cam Newton gets a question about one of his wide receivers, and he answers with something that has the world aflame right now. Yeah, I know you take a lot of pride in seeing your receivers play well. Devin Funches has seemed to really embrace the physicality of his routes and, and making getting those extra yards. Does that give you a little bit of an enjoyment to see him kind of truck sticking people out there? It's funny to hear a female talk about routes. Like it's funny. Oh that that was one of those did he really just say that? Did he really just say that. Now, the rest of the clip, he pauses for a second and then gives a long answer about Devin Funches, how important the next game is, mm-hmm. playing against Detroit, hometown, all this stuff, and and really does a, a nice analysis of Funches, 19 targets the last two, all two the, weeks. The, the, Funches of Funches, but yes. There, there's just beginning. I, I saw as it started to break, like, did he really just do that? And it's one thing to hear the audio. 
the video is is incredible. Yeah. The dismissive reaction to the question. Uh, Jordan Rodriguez is the reporter who asked the question when she followed up with Cam following the altercation. She said, Cam didn't apologize, and I'm not going to say anything else because I'm not going to jeopardize my career. So doesn't look like there's going to be any interviews. Doesn't look like she's going to say what happened between them. But this is what we know. Jordan Rodriguez says, hey, does that make you feel good seeing the guy, you know, be physical on his routes? And Cam Newton replies with, it's fun for a woman to be talking about routes. Like, why would they ever talk about routes? Women don't know anything about routes. Oh, my God. And there's a reason why Cam Newton is trending higher than anything else in sports right now. I mean, really, this game, last night, all 10 things on Twitter, Yankees, Twins, Yankees, Twins, Yankees, Twins. Now it's Cam Newton. Well, Archie Bradley just jumped up because he hit a triple. But it's, it's Archie Bradley, Cam Newton. I mean, he absolutely says the worst possible thing you can. Now, let me give you this. This comes from the Panthers PR. Quote, I've spoken with spoken with Jordan and Cam, and I know they had a conversation where he expressed regret for using those words. We strive as a department to make the environment for media comfortable for everyone covering the team. But that is in direct conflict with a statement from Jordan Rodrigue. Mm-hmm. Rodriguez. Uh, said Newton did not apologize. Quote, I was dismayed by his response, which not only belittled me, but countless other women before me and beside me who work in similar jobs. I sought Mr. Newton out as he left the locker room a few minutes later. He did not apologize for his comments. We will have more on this coming up next, and you got to hear what we have to say about Cam Newton coming off of this. It's the Jason Smith Show. Get in on Twitter at How About a Fresca. It's coming up next right here, Fox Sports Radio. Hot round! Dear Archie Bradley, I saw you only give up four home runs all year. That was pretty cool. Then I saw you hit that triple and slide into third with that big beard, driving in two runs and yelling to the crowd. That was awesome. Then I just saw you give up back-to-back home runs. So you're basically at zero sum for this game. Hey, no, no, look. Hey, hey, I got Carlos Gonzalez in the back. You want me to let him out so he can hit a home run off you? Ah, I'm just kidding, Archie. Hit me back. This is Stan. P.S. There's still time to give up another home run, too. He could take you out with that beard. Don't go too hard with that, man. He'll come back on you. Archie Bradley's just given up back-to-back home runs. The Rockies now within a run at 8-7 as they continue to bat in the top of the eighth inning. We'll keep you posted on that. But the biggest story in sports right now, very innocuous press conference on a Wednesday in Carolina. Cam Newton is answering questions of the media, and he gets asked a question about Devin Funches and his route running from a woman reporter, and this is what Cam Newton says. You know, I know you take a, a lot of pride in seeing your receivers play well. Devin Funches has seemed to really embrace the physicality of his routes and, and making getting those extra yards. Does that give you a little bit of an enjoyment to see him kind of truck-sticking people out there? It's funny to hear a female talk about routes, like, funny oh boy the Panthers say the reporter Jordan Rodrigue and Cam Newton spoke afterwards and he expressed regret at his comments Jordan Rodrigue says that's not what happened he was worse when we spoke afterwards 
and I'm not talking about this anymore because I want my job to continue. Joining us now on the hotline to break it all down, no one better, NFL on Fox Insider, Jay Glazer. Jay, you know, here we are sitting on a very generic Wednesday, and Cam Newton says that at his press conference. Yeah, you know, one thing, one of the lines I always hate is when somebody says, well, you didn't play the game. If you most notice most of the great coaches out there, they weren't exactly stars in the game either. You don't have to play the game to know the game. Um, look, I'm, you know, I always tell every athlete who comes in there to do television, I know more than 99.99999% of the world about the NFL, all right, and I know more about what goes on in every locker room than you guys, but I'll never know more than you when it comes to I've never been under a pile. I've never had a quarterback controversy on my team. I've never had a... Uh, you know, been in there would have an offensive, defensive rift. So there's, you don't have to play the game to know the game very well. There's different things we can all know. When I see this, Jay, I scratch my head because there's times when Cam Newton just can't get out of his own way, and he's his own yeah. worst enemy. They just beat the Patriots. Things are great, and Cam is back after having a horrible first couple of games, and now this comes out, and I go, he can't get out of his own way. No, it's just an irresponsible statement. It's, you know, and, you know, it's um, – I mean, I don't, I don't really know what you guys want me to comment on. It. I don't agree with it. So it's not like I could break it down. You guys don't want to break it down. Just, there's nothing to break down in this situation. He said what he said. She went and, you know, I, um, the fact that she went and tried to talk to him afterwards and she's upset about it, I like that. I love that, actually. Too many times, you know, people have an issue with somebody and they just kind of tell everybody else they have an issue. She went and furthered it and said, well, we got an issue. Let's hash this out right here right now. I, I commend her for that. I like that. As we look at uh, on the other locker rooms, we go to the Pittsburgh Steelers, Antonio Brown chucking water coolers and then having his statement, former teammates coming out, Ben Roethlisberger saying, it's my job to keep things uh, and, and keep players accountable. What, what's the temperature there in, in the Steelers locker room? Mike Tomlin got but, this but under control? Known, I think they've always known what Antonio is. You know, and, and Antonio is, I mean, again, he had the Facebook Live thing last year. He's... You know, there is <laughs> there's a thing here. Receivers have always kind of been me, me, me. We know that, mm-hmm. right? We always know we've had that me, me, me attitude. But it was different back in the day. It was, it was so much more pro, you know, um, with Yosho Cinco's and the Chios and guys like that. And it was so much more of that look at me. Then you shifted gears um, to the Julio Jones and Calvin Johnson, Julio Jones and A.J. Green. Uh, but we still know being out there on that island, you're, you're different. It's definitely, hey, look at me, look at me. It's a, and that's why cornerbacks and receivers have always been different. But AB is a guy that well, last year when the whole thing went down Facebook Live, they came out and said, hey, this, he's got to change certain things in here. And this will be in consideration for a lot of things. Um, the bottom line is he's got to control. you got to control your anger better on the sidelines because all it does is people feed off each other in a team. So if one guy's ticked off, another guy gets ticked off, another guy gets ticked off, it doesn't help everybody. you got to use your rage in the right way. It's, it's, you know, it's actually one thing Odell Beckham said to me on my training camp tour. He's like, I tried to sit this offseason and really see how much my rage, I was, I was taking my rage out the wrong way, and I was using it the wrong way there. And it's something that you still have, you have to battle. right? And I think a lot of these guys have to look at themselves a lot of times also and realize, I got to control it and use it in a better way. I'm not saying don't have rage. You just got to use it a lot more to your advantage. Yeah, because I see the guys, Jay, when I hear him say, oh, I'm just a passionate player, I go, that's going to happen again. 
You know, this out of control stuff is going to happen yeah. again because that's like my excuse is going to be on. No, passion is one thing, but now you're being disruptive and, <clears throat> and you're creating a whole different set of circumstances. Yeah, but, but, but we haven't seen it in the years and years and years we've played up to this point. Right. So it's like, I don't know. If, I don't know if we, I'd say we're going to see it again. Uh, but guys like that, yeah, they're, again, when you're on an island like that, and one thing I do like about him, like Antonio on the field, I've been there at some scrimmages or scrimmage against other teams. He'll be the first one to fight you. He'll be a big defensive lineman. He will fight you in two seconds. I love that about the guy. Like he, you need that fighter mentality out there. But, yeah, when you're, when you're putting on a spectacle and the rest of your team now is like, oh, my gosh, you have to deal with all this on the sideline, you got enough you have to deal with the 53 guys across from you. Fox Sports Radio, Jason Smith. Show. And, and by the way, Go it's ahead, not Jay. Ben Roethlisberger's. It's not Roethlisberger's job to keep him calm. It's Antonio's job to keep himself calm. Coming to you from the Geico Studios, our guy Jay Glazer, NFL insider, Fox Sports, unbreakable performance center owner and the founder of MVP, merging vets and players and touchdown dreams. Go to vetsandplayers.org to see how you can help at Jay Glazer on Twitter for his latest so, Jay, we've got Adam Gase and Jay Cutler and Jay Cutler's countenance once again being called into question. Only six points scored the last two games, and they've already traveled 12,000 weary miles. How does this end? You know, the, I think even without that situation, the, the Dolphins remind me of the Vikings a year ago. When Teddy goes down, everything was like, man, they, were, they thought they were ready to take the next step. Head coach was devastated. Same thing this year with Tannehill. They've done so much work in the offseason. Tannehill went down. Gates went to the hospital and stayed with him. Like, oh, man. And then they get it, the Vikings. It was one after the other after the other. North Turner quits. Mike Zimmer has eye surgery. Right. Every lineman gets hurt. Every backup lineman gets hurt. I mean, it was ridiculous, the injuries last year. And I see them and I, this year, too. And I was texting Gates and Mike Tannenbaum about it. Like, oh, my goodness. You have – I said, you guys are going to – you win the prize this year already. For worst luck in the history of <laughs> worst luck of the season, because you have this with your quarterback, then you got the color thing, then you got a game canceled, and then your starting linebacker goes AWOL while you're in LA because your game was canceled. I'm like, oh my goodness, it's like, it's, uh, it's, it, it kind of exhausts you over there. And he's definitely, we always tell these young coaches who want to become head coaches, like, be careful what you wish for, man, because this stuff that's going to come across your desk and you're like, oh man, I, I didn't go to school to handle this. This is crisis management, you know? <laughs> well, speaking of crisis, you know, we've been dealing with one every week in Indianapolis. Now Andrew Luck is back at practice, but already ruled out for this coming Sunday. Jacoby <laughs> Brissett's going to start against the 49ers. When are we going to see Andrew Luck behind center in a game? Well, the plan was once you got him out there in practice, they wanted him to have about two weeks practicing before they put him out there. All right? Because he's had, you know, really he's, he's had no training camp. No work with timing with his receivers. He's had, um, there's been nothing. You know, and you got to work, you got to get that timing down with guys. So I think once he finally gets, you know, gets out there, you know, again, they've always said about two weeks. The thing, the, the thing about Andrew was they always thought mm, he could probably be back week one or two, and then the recovery just took longer. The, he was in there a lot, he was doing everything he was, was supposed to do. Um, but he, all the hours you're supposed to put in, but it just wasn't taking the effect that they were expecting. And that's why it's taking this long. Like, he's in there constantly rehabbing, but the arm just wasn't getting as strong as they needed it to at that time. 
He's NFL and Fox insider Jay Glazer on Twitter, at Jay Glazer. The website is vetsandplayers.org. Hey, what do you have going on tomorrow at Unbreakable? You you got this thing on Twitter? You got a special session going on tomorrow? I don't know. Nate Boyer and us, we, we put it out there. I, every Thursday is special there. We have our veterans and our players come in. Um, I think there might be somebody coming and doing a, a, a feature on us, is what Nate had said. Um, but, yeah, for all the veterans out there, all combat vets in Los Angeles, we got the most exclusive gym in L.A., but we open our doors to you guys every Thursday at Unbreakable, 2 o'clock, to come train with you know, other NFL players um, and other pro athletes who are retired as well. Come on and join a team again. Unbreakable, 2 to 4 p.m. tomorrow. And I hope whoever's doing <laughs> the story, it works out like last year. I think it was what? Fox 11 came to do a story, and they were interviewing you, and you had a phone call, and you took it, and you broke a story on the air uh, yes, during the interview. That was when we first opened the gym. <laughs> yeah. During the interview that Johnny Manziel was getting his first start. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> and I hey, yeah. the interview early. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully we'll watch tomorrow for that. Thanks a bunch, buddy. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jay. I remember that. He's he, the opening of yep. Breakable, and they're talking to him about this. He goes, I'm sorry, I got to get this. And they're doing a live shot. Yeah. So they can't do anything, but, you know, okay. Filibuster. Just keep doing his phone. Shoot more B roll on the uh, who's working out in the corner over there. <laughs> so, so he answers his phone and they stand. He goes, okay. Okay, great. All right, I'll call you back in five minutes. And he hangs up and he goes, uh, Johnny Mantel's going to get his first start in Cleveland. And so, so there you go. I got some breaking news for you. And they were like, It's a nice that? gift, right? <laughs> That's it. That That's phone is rolls. always on his hip. Always got to answer. Always got to answer. The Jason Smith Show. Jason, Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studios, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more in car insurance. Always great stuff from Jay Glazer right there. Coming up in one minute, we'll dive deep into the Cam Newton story, and we're going to dive way deeper than you think we're going to because this story, there's so many legs to it. But first, let's talk to Tom Looney, who's got a big update from yeah, the desert. just like last night, it's another Benny Mardonis night in Major League Baseball's so the National League wildcard game, now lasting deep into the night. Arizona Diamondbacks, Colorado Rockies, and at one point, the Diamondbacks were ahead 6 nothing. N-O-T-H-I and apostrophe, by the seventh inning, the Rockies had cut it to six to five. We're now in the bottom of the eighth inning. Diamondbacks in front of the Rockies, eight to seven. Cam Newton getting blown up tonight on Twitter and on talk shows for a sexist remark aimed at a female reporter who seemed to know a lot about football. How tough are the Kansas City Chiefs? Well, ask Washington Redskins cornerback Josh Norman. He's now got a few broken ribs. He's now found out he's got a damaged lung after playing the Kansas City Chiefs. He'll be out about a month. That's what's trending. Now more of Jason Smith and Michael Harmon on Fox Sports Radio. And I dig, Looney, you could have gone to use night moves, but you stuck I with Benny Mardonis. Yes. I like that. Well, that's a kind of a Syracuse thing, as you know. He's a big superstar in Syracuse. Nowhere else, no. but it's still a big superstar <laughs> no, but Into the in Night Syracuse. was a big song. Oh, Look, yeah. man. It was a hit twice. 16 yeah. years old. Yeah. It's a very weird song about very taboo-type oh, subject. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they used to, you used to be able to sing more about taboo stuff. You can't do that anymore. Ask Cam Newton. You can't even talk about taboo stuff like that. you got to do it on satellite now. That's right. Yeah, you have to do it in your own head. That's right. what you need to do and keep your mouth shut. That's what you need to do, Cam. <laughs> Thank Jeez. you, Mr. Looney. Right. Appreciate it. There goes Tom Looney. We're live from the Geico Studios. Call 1-800-947-AUTO. Find out how much you can save on auto insurance. And yes, the Cam Newton story is taken over. Jordan Rodriguez is a Carolina Panthers beat reporter for the Charlotte Observer. 
Today at the normal Wednesday press conference, Cam Newton was answering questions, and she wanted to ask a question about the routes that Devin Funches has been running the last couple weeks, been getting more physical with his play, and she wanted to get Cam Newton's opinion on it. And Cam Newton's answer, oh boy. Cam, I know you take a lot of pride in seeing your receivers play well. Devin Funches has seemed to really embrace the physicality of his routes and, and making getting those extra yards. Does that give you a little bit of an enjoyment to see him kind of truck-sticking people out there? It's funny to hear females talk about routes, like, funny oh boy it's really not funny it's more he really you could hear the silence was he really just said that he really just said and completely dismissed a woman reporter and her question because she's a woman can't cut it up any differently than that he dismissed Jordan Rodriguez because she's a woman, and she asked him about routes now, now and, let me, and being physical on his routes. Now, let me take this to the next level. Scott Fowler, Charlotte Observer, uh, S. Fowler at charlotteobserver.com, his, his email address. He wrote a, an article about this and, and had the follow-up towards the end of the news conference and what happened after that. Jordan Rodriguez found Newton to talk about what he said and was able to catch up with him. The conversation, and this is him talking to uh, Mr. Fowler, talking to his colleague, wasn't tape, went kind of like this. She asked Cam Newton if he didn't really think a female could understand routes. Newton said he wasn't, she wasn't seeing specific routes when watching the game. She was just seeing if someone was open. She argued that he didn't know what she saw nor how hard she'd studied football and that perhaps they should have a, a, a bit deeper conversation. He said, Newton, that maybe it's, he should have said it was funny to hear, quote, reporters talk about routes and that if she actually did know about them, she knew more than most reporters and gestured toward the locker room still feed, feel, filled with her colleagues. And then she ended by asking Cam Newton and had introduced herself on the first day of her employment with the Observer in October 2016 if he knew her name since she'd been there for an entire year. He said he did not. She reintroduced him, herself and walked away. Cam Newton, every time he gets a chance, he shoots himself in the foot. He makes it impossible to like him because of situations like this. Think about the biggest moments of his career, all right, when he's going to get drafted. What does he say? I want to be an entertainer. How many people did that rub the wrong way? You can sure. be an entertainer. That's fine. You can be an entertainer. But when you tell people, "What do you? I want to be an entertainer. Wait, you don't want to be... The best quarterback in the history of the NFL. You don't want to be a Super Bowl winning quarterback. You don't want to be a star player in the NFL. You don't want to, you want to be known as an entertainer. So right away, biggest moment of his career, getting set for the NFL draft, and he drops that. See, I had I was okay with that because I thought all of the things you mentioned were a given. Oh, of course, but uh, but that you didn't need to vocalize but those. When that, you say I want to be an, that's not going to do anything, but. Rub people the wrong way. That's not going to win you anymore. Well, fans. all it's doing is putting a, a bunch of notes in the column saying, as soon as you struggle, right. we can go back to this. Or make people go, yeah, I don't know about him. And yeah, he wants to be an entertainer. The Super Bowl, he's his own worst enemy. What does he do? He doesn't jump on the fumble yeah. that he should have jumped on. How many times did you see that, a, that gif today? Oh, making a business decision, which still pisses me off more than the walking out of the press conference after. But this is... The profile is the highest on Cam Newton. He's at the hottest part of his career. What does he do? He doesn't jump on a fumble, and he gets pouty during a press conference, and he walks out. 
Certainly the fumble is a much bigger deal to me than the press conference, but you can't ignore the press conference was a big thing for a lot of people. And now here, he just beats the Patriots. All right, all the Cam Newton doom and gloom, he's not the same because he hasn't been. He hasn't been 100%. He's just getting back. He has a phenomenal game against the Patriots. They win on the road. Oh, Cam Newton is back. His career is still going. And now here he is. Oh, it's funny when a woman says something. He makes it impossible to like him because he continues to be his own worst enemy. I mean, there's things. He needs that Herm Edwards button in his head, that don't press send button. It's like, don't say that. Don't say that. Because if he, if those three things, if he can just stay away from torpedoing himself with those three things, he's the absolute biggest superstar in the NFL, well, you've seen and how, we can't get enough of him. And you've seen how hard they've tried to market him along the way, right? Between the yogurt commercials that show up on my when my kids are watching television and, and all the different shows that have tie-ins to the Play 60 and everything else, uh, all, all of those different programs, Cam Newton's one of the front and center actors and, and players that are, that are put forth. So you have that as a young, charismatic guy, but then he, he does this. Because the rest of his answer was a great answer on Devin Funchess. Yeah, it was. That nobody's ever going to hear. That nobody's ever going to hear. Because he, he did this so flippantly, and it, it's just inexcusable. On so many levels, this day and age, the number uh, of reporters, and she'd been there for an entire year. I know. Look, I get that maybe you don't know the names of the people. No, and and I'm not even saying that. that. Just her presence. She's there. It's that. But I recognize the face. Maybe you don't know the name. Because, look, we have interns who cycle through here, and they're here two nights a week, you know, for four months. And sometimes I'll say to you at the end, I'll go, Hey, what's our intern's name? Well, because the other what's, thing what's is, they don't—they're afraid to look name? you in the eye. Right. Well, well, they should be. Your you know, reputation precedes you. Don't look at me. But you know, sometimes that happens, and and I get that. You know, some people are great with names and faces. I understand if you don't know somebody's name because they're only calling questions to you in a press conference. I understand that. But you know their face. You know they're there. You know they've been there for a long time. And and to not do that, I'll tell you what. If this doesn't show you, and we have. You know we have a huge race problem in our country. We have just as big a woman issue as far as when people think women are inferior and can't do certain jobs and shouldn't be doing certain jobs. We have that, and that is just as big a deal. We have the silent majority of people who think women can't do this and shouldn't do this. We have woman bias during the election for Hillary Clinton. We have woman bias in Hollywood when it comes to salaries and how much they're not making compared to what the men are making. Jennifer, um, uh, Michelle Rodriguez uh, went on a whole big thing about this with the Fast and the Furious a couple of months ago. Many places that they, the gender equality line is just gone. And especially in sports where women are kind of tolerated by people. They should be accepted widely. I, I can't imagine what the Lisa Guerreros and, and, and the, the Jen Sturgers and everybody else from the early 2000s went through to try to blaze the trail for the women who have been able to succeed in sports today. Susie Culver as well, who stuck in it for a long time. Jeannie Zalasco, all of them. I can't imagine what they went through. And now you're seeing more people and more women in prominent roles. But I guarantee you, if you took a, an honest poll, you'd get a silent majority of people saying women shouldn't be in sports. And this is one of those things. Here's Cam Newton not 
agreeing that a woman can ask a question about routes. Really? Can't ask about routes? I can't ask about that. I mean, it's not like she said, Cam, um, what your fa- what's your favorite fashionista trend of the last? I mean, it's what which he probably would have answered because he's a big fashionista. But it's not like she asked him a completely off the cuff and, and out, you know, a, a, a quote girl question. She asked about the routes that Devin Funches is running. And 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 that suddenly is oh I love it when women want to ask questions about routes. But just go wow. on down the line. It's a right? huge deal. Promotion into the broadcast booth, Jessica Mendoza of ESPN. And what she faces each telecast that she does, and on down the line, and so it's a pervasive thought across the country, and it still goes through. And Jay Glazer threw it out there. You know, the phrase that always goes, "Well, you didn't play," and that that always, no matter what happens, no matter how many ways you advance it, for women especially, that's always going to be prevalent. How many times do we get that? from athletes that, that we deal with here in the studio <laughs> oh, yeah. as well. Yeah. And you know who's going to join us coming up in 20 minutes to talk about this is Amy Trask, CBS Sports Network analyst. She wrote the book, You Negotiate Like a Girl. She was the CEO of the Raiders. They called her the Princess of Darkness as she worked under Al Davis for all those years, and she had a phenomenal response to Cam Newton on Twitter. She's going to join us coming up in 20 minutes as we break more of this down the Jason Smith show Jason Mike Carmen live from the Geico studios but coming up next still eight seven Diamondbacks in a game that's closing in on the four hour mark oh and Jerry Rice really needs a hobby Yay. I mean I mean different this than the one a, we heard about no today. this is a great no, hobby are you on. kidding me you're the goat you can't do what Jerry Rice yes is. you can uh, erroneous erroneous on both counts we'll talk about it coming up next and don't play Tim Tebow Fox I'm so excited no it's Otis. He loves us. I've got the perfect girl for you. Janice, I apologize to you if I don't seem real eager to jump into a forced, awkward, intimate situation that people like to call dating. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show. Jason, Mike Harmon, great news, great news. There's a quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Quick update from the desert. Make it 11-7. Diamondbacks with the lead. A.J. Pollock, a double off the wall in right center field to bring home two runs. Again, 11-7. Diamondbacks with the lead over the Rockies as we go to the top of the ninth. The eighth inning has ended. We'll have a full breakdown of this game following its conclusion. Don't forget Amy Trask joining us at the top of the hour for the latest on Cam Newton. Meanwhile, this story today that really we could have done three hours on. But we have this pesky NFL game. We find out Cam Newton hates women. So this is where we get to do this story. Jerry does, Rice. Does he hate women or is he just dumb? I, no, I think when he says, when Cam Newton says, oh, I think it's funny when women ask questions about routes. No, I think he's being dismissive I, of well, women. Well, I, I, don't, I don't think it's a woman hate thing. Uh, he's being dismissive. I, I, I think you're, you're maybe stretching it a bit there. Because the number you, one thing, if you he You was, could say, hey, he doesn't think women understand football. I'll give you that. That's not hate. That's not hate no, that's, no, women. But no, that's dismissed. That's being dismissive. That's that's women being inferior to men. You can't understand football. You can't talk about routes. I think it's cute when women talk about routes. I, that's 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 awful. That's not PC. That's a that's being dismissive of someone just because of their gender. You know the best thing and how I know he believes that is because if he didn't, he could have said, you know what? I'm sorry. I I was trying to make a joke and it came out really poorly and and that's my fault. And I was trying to. I don't know what was going on in my head, but I was trying to say something funny. That's what I would have told him. 
if I was the Panthers, I would have said, this is what you're going to go out and say right now. You are going to go out and say, I was trying to make a joke. I thought I had something funny in my head, but I didn't, and I'm, I'm sorry. I want to apologize, and I'm going to move on. And that's it, and then it's over. But the fact that he didn't, the fact that the, the reporter – that Jordan Rodriguez says Cam Newton didn't apologize to me after, and it was worse when I talked to him after than at the press conference, that tells me, no, this is what Cam Newton believes, and he's going to continue to shoot himself in the foot. This is where you listen to your PR guy. And if I, that's why that's what I would do if I was a, as a PR guy. If I wasn't doing this, I would do PR for T. They would call me in crisis and go, hey, Cam Newton just said this. What do I say? Get him in a room and say, you were trying to make a joke, you thought you were being funny, and you just – lost your head and it didn't it sounded better in your head and I apologize and that's it but he didn't do it so now this is a huge thing all for next 24 hours plus going into this weekend yeah but the PR guy screwed up his job too by claiming that they they buried the hatchet and everything was fine so he's a dope he's a bigger dope than Cam was that's why they need me Mike Harmon that's why they <laughs> they need they need Jason Smith PR advisor to the stars that's why they need that you know who else needs my advice who's that Jerry Rice why we find out today, Jerry Rice in retirement, the GOAT, the greatest wide receiver in yeah. NFL history, has been passing his time recently as a wedding crasher. The Ringer does an article on Jerry Rice who says that's what he's been doing. Quote, I just want to go up to the bride and the groom and congratulate them and tell them today is your day. And then by showing up after as that happens, the goat at a wedding reception, the story of the wedding becomes uh, Jerry Rice crashed our wedding. Quote, for some reason, it always turns out they're so excited. They want to take pictures. I'm just happy to take pictures with them. It always turns out to be bigger than that. Now, this is fun. You know, it, it's it's a fun story on the surface. But honestly, I'm, just, look, I'm embarrassed that this is what Jerry Rice is doing. This is the greatest wide receiver in the history of the NFL. The greatest of all time at what he does. Yeah. And he's a clown. And he's a clown. How dare you? He's all about having fun. He's a clown. He's crashing weddings. Good. Brett Favre is not crashing weddings. Not yet. Derek Jeter is not crashing weddings. Derek Jeter is trying to figure out how to use those iPad Pros. You know, we're lucky that Frostberg actually owns a drone that he uses and operates for to help the show. And he actually he had a drone over one of the weddings that Jerry Rice crashed. We have audio from it. Go ahead. What were they like anyway? They look pretty good. Are they real? Are they built for speed or for comfort? What'd you do with them? Motorboat? You play the motorboat? <laughs> you motorboat. Is he got the motorboat in? Now, wait a minute. You're going to be up in arms about dismissiveness <laughs> and, and all of this, and then you're going to laugh. About the motorboat. Oh, come on, man. Oh, come on. It's a line from Wedding Crashers. Take it easy. Take it easy. I don't know. That was about a 60-second gap. We could (laughs) We could. What do you want to run the men's most dangerous game line? Does you want to do? You want to shoot? No, there you go. (laughs) But he's the goat at that? He could be. Uh, (laughs) He's the only one I've heard of that does it for a living that I can remember. He's a weapon. Yeah, I mean, I, but come on, dude. The, he's bored. Dude, you're a clown now. He's finishing a round of golf, and he's like, hey, there's a wedding going on. You think he puts that box down on a big table and shows all the single women the ring? <laughs> like he does at the Super Bowl meeting? Now that would be something. Hey, he's got a, a little bag slung over, and it's like, look what I got in here. Let me see the ring you have. This is the ring I have. Every <laughs> kiss that. begins with yeah. K, baby. Is it the Hall of Fame ring, or... Super Bowl ring. Coming up next, a very special (laughs) guest to break down the Cam Newton story. That's coming up next on Fox. 
Hour two of the program, the Jason Smith Show. Jason, Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studios, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more in car insurance. For more info, visit geico.com. Diamondbacks and the Rockies. It's an 11-8 lead the Diamondbacks have over Colorado. Two outs in the ninth inning, but Fernando Rodney is in the game. And when Fernando Rodney is in the game, no lead is safe. In fact, he's just given up a run to make it 11-8. We'll continue to keep you posted on this and break it down. But I have a very special guest set to join us on the hotline. Cam Newton has been the story of the day in the National Football League. Normal Wednesday, normal press conference, and Jordan Rodrigue, who has been a beat reporter for the Carolina Panthers for the Charlotte Observer, wanted to ask Cam Newton a question about Devin Funches and his route running. She asked the question, and Cam Newton answered with an answer that has set the world aflame. Cam, I know you take a, a lot of pride in seeing your receivers play well. Devin Funches has seemed to really embrace the physicality of his routes and, and making getting those extra yards. Does that give you a little bit of an enjoyment to see him kind of truck-sticking people out there? It's funny to hear a female talk about routes. Like It's funny. Oh, boy. After that was over, you can imagine what the reaction was. Cam Newton dismissive of a female reporter just because of her gender. The Panthers say that after the press conference was over, the two got together, Jordan Rodriguez and Cam, and Cam expressed regret at what he said. Meanwhile, Jordan Rodriguez puts out on Twitter, it was worse than what happened during the press conference. I'm not going to say any more because I want to keep my job. Luckily, we have someone that is going to say more. A lot more on this. Joining us right now on the hotline, she is an analyst for CBS Sports. CBS Sports Network appears regularly on that other pregame show, also on the NFL Today. Last year, she wrote a book entitled You Negotiate Like a Girl. On her experience in the NFL, she served as the Raiders CEO from 1997 until 2013, and she has one of the best Twitter handles and greetings on Twitter. She says hi to you all the time. Amy Trask joins us. Amy, how are you? Well, I'm doing well, and I do say hello to everybody on Twitter all the time. And some people ask me why I do so. Well, you know, I view Twitter as my Twitter village. And if I ran into you on the street, I would say hi. So if I run into you on the Twitter street, I say hi. I see people on Twitter. They're so It makes their day. Hey, Amy Trask said hi to me on Twitter, and they, they're doing backflips. Well, I don't know about that, but um, <laughs> uh, look, if I ran into you on the street, I'd say hi. So I run into you on the Twitter street, I say hi. See, Jason would cross the street. He doesn't trust Uber or Lyft. <laughs> He's got a lot of problems in the social world here, Amy, so we may need your help here. <laughs> well, I don't know that I'm the best one to help on the social issues, but I'll lend a hand if I can. All right, well, let, let's get to Cam Newton here because you had a great drop-the-mic moment after uh, talking about Cam Newton's comment today to a female reporter. You put on Twitter, oh, Cam, don't worry, I don't talk roots. I talk man versus zone, single high safety, three-man rush, 4-3 versus 3-4. Let me know if you need a hand. And I, I think that, 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 was the, that was the best kind of response you could have to a statement like he did. Well, you know, you know, it was my effort, and, and tone of voice doesn't always come across in the written word, and, and I, I believe that people understood my tone to be uh, warm-hearted and funny and silly. Uh, I wish that I had more room because I would have added, you know, I think it's funny when I talk routes as well because I really do like talking defense much better, and I would have gone on and said, you know, if I can help you read some defense, I'm happy to pitch in. Um, 
So I, I did intend it to be a bit tongue-in-cheek and, and a silly, lighthearted response to make a point nicely to something that, that clearly, um, as you said, ignited a fire with many people. Well, what was your reaction after, after you heard this story? Now, you've had time to chew around on it well, for a little while. You know, I was in a meeting this afternoon that began a, a bit before this all occurred, and I got out many hours later, and, and my phone had exploded, and Twitter had exploded, and, and it was um, I, I was really just working to catch up, and I saw what happened and tweeted my response, and I hadn't actually heard um, the, the, the words in the tone of voice. I simply read them until I listened to you just just play them. And look, there's a, there's a serious point in all of this to address your last question. There are real problems in this world that need to be addressed by all of us collectively in a reasoned and reasonable manner. We need to learn to disagree agreeably, to listen and to learn. And we've got to stop judging people based on race, gender, religion, ethnicity, and all those individualities that distinguish us and, and make us the individuals we are. It's 2017. Why aren't we there yet as a society where we judge one another on the content of our character, not on these other external individualities? Amy, we have this comment, and obviously in your role with the Raiders and being around the game, have we made progress, or is this still, in, when you get into locker rooms, that this is still pervasive? Well, look, you know, I was around locker rooms for almost 30 years, and I did not find that it was pervasive. That doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Um, and, and let me be quick to say, you know, I also worked for a man, Al Davis, for those almost 30 years, who hired without regard to race, gender, ethnicity, religion, and, and all those individualities I mentioned. So that, you know, clearly set a tone in the organization. And I understand I had the privilege of working for a team owner that was absolutely unconcerned with my gender. So, um, you know, I think people within the organization, not all of them, but they took note of that. And, and by the way, you know, of, of course I met with some resistance in my career, but you know what? It wasn't in the locker room. My experience with athletes is that athletes judge their coworkers on whether they can get the job done. You know, can the left tackle block his man or does he need the guard to slide over and help him? You know, if I'm a corner, can I cover my guy man on man or does the safety need to help me? As a general rule, I found less resistance in the locker room than other, other places. Where did you find the most resistance? There were a couple people here or there um, that I interacted with. Uh, in the organization when I joined it and, and elsewhere in the league. And you know what? I chose to do my job. I chose not to spend any of my time or effort or energy worrying about the fact that they were bothered by my gender. Because, frankly, if it was bothering them and draining their time and energy and their effort, let them waste that. I wasn't going to waste mine. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show, coming to you from the Geico Studios. On the hotline with us, CBS Sports Analyst, author, You Negotiate Like a Girl, CEO of the Big Three, big first inaugural season just wrapped up. Uh, you find her on Twitter, at Amy Trask. Say hi. It's Amy Trask with us here <laughs> on Fox do. Sports. Please there you do. go. Stop on by. 
uh, add to uh, the, the followers and the conversation and discourse because important things being discussed. So, Amy, you know, the NFL released a statement pretty quickly saying, look, this isn't indicative of the way the league operates and how we handle things. Is there anything more they can do in terms of how th- this discourse pushes forward? I'm not sure I understand exactly what the league can do, or yeah, with the, with the league when they when we're talking about not not just press availability, but you know perhaps in terms of the the education as players get into the league, you know that you you are facing and talking to a diverse group of people, and that women consume your product uh, you perhaps know, um, as much as men. It's a great it's a great question, and I'll answer it in several regards. Uh, you know, one would hope at this point. We don't need to offer that education, but the league does that when when guys are drafted, when they join, whether they're drafted or I should say when they're rookies. So whether they're drafted mm-hmm. or they're undrafted rookie free agents, there is that sort of um, session and sessions that you're talking about where they're they're told about media availability and who's going to be covering them and all the issues you just raised are addressed. Um, but at some point, shouldn't we all know this? I mean, look, when right. I joined the NFL. It was the early to mid-80s. And you know what? Okay, things were different back then. When I went to my first owner's meeting with Al Davis, um, I was the only woman in the room. But things are different now. I mean, I don't want to count how many years ago that was. And when I tell you that I started in the early 80s, I'd like to tell you I was 12 at the time. Um, <laughs> but that's but, all right. That, that, hey, you know, no, I'm going to say, I'm going to tell everybody you're 29 years old. Prodigy. You look, there you go. Trash, there you go. Do the math. Yeah. Um, you know, it just, it, it befuddles me. It perplexes me that all these years later, we're having this discussion again. And, and it's, it's, it's more than just sports. These are societal issues as a whole. But to answer your question, yes, the NFL does precisely what you're talking about in terms of rookie education and media availability and media preparation sessions. They do all this. You know, one thing, Amy, when I see this, and, and, and this comes up uh, too uh, too often for it to not be a thing. You know, we talk a lot, obviously, about race and the problems that we have in the country with race. And I always see when I see stories like this, I, I know there's just as big of a, of a women are inferior issue that people have that's below the surface that just comes up at times like this. The, the, the gender equality in Hollywood. We saw it during the last election. There's just some times where people are going to say women can't be equals here. Women just can't compete in this arena, whatever it is, whether it's sports or politics or something else. And that's just as big an issue as race, but because it's not something that we've been dealing with on front pages for the last year, it's kind of under the surface, but I think it's just under the surface. Well, um, you know, the, the sort of the way I did my job for those, um, well, and, and the way I still do my job, I was going to reference the 30 years in the NFL um, or almost 30 years, but even now um, I do my job. And people ask me all the time, were you tested because you were a woman? Yeah, maybe I was. Let's say I was. Okay, let's agree I was. Well, what's the best answer when you're tested? Pass the damn test. (laughs) So that's where I put my focus, and that's where I directed my energy. If I was going to be tested, and look, people are tested all the time for different reasons. I mean, people are tested because of their age their gender, their race, their religion, their ethnicity. 
people are tested all the time for different reasons. Are you the oldest in the room, the youngest in the room? Um, pass the test. Prove to people that you can do the job without regard to race, gender, ethnicity, or religion. Um, be the best that you can be and prove them wrong. That's where I thought my energy was best focused. Raiders CEO from 1997 through 2013. You can see her now, CBS Sports, CBS Sports Network, on that other pregame show on the NFL today. Check out her book, You Negotiate Like a Girl, about her experiences as an executive in the NFL. It's available on Amazon. And when you're on Twitter, say hi. Amy will say hi to you. Amy, appreciate it. Thanks so much for stopping by. Great stuff. We're going to play your stuff back all night. So thank, well, thank you so you. much. And <laughs> thank you, and it's my privilege and pleasure to join you. I always enjoy our conversations, and I was delighted when you invited me. So thank you very much. Yep. Hopefully, we'll we'll have you back soon. And go Bears. Look. Uh, hey, that is right. <laughs> Let's get our few go Bears in there. <laughs> Thanks a bunch, Amy. Appreciate it. <laughs> Bye, Amy. Bye-bye. Thank you. Hey, I'll tell you, not many people to talk to that can break stuff down and 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 tell you A plus B equals C. Than Amy Trask does. A different perspective than you're going to get all those years. And certainly Al Davis, you know, for all people remember the battle over legal rights to municipalities and moving up and down the, the highway here in California, uh, that there was, there was a lot he did forward thinking in terms of his hiring practices and just helping to build the league. Now, what I still am just baffled about is that she asked a very good question. The question posed to Cam Newton was actually a good one about route running and could have really put Devin Funchess over the top in terms of where he's going. So it's it's a topic that'll keep going with Amy Trask's perspective, you know, always good in the evolution of the league. And, and certainly education is there. How much more do they double down in locker rooms coming up next? Twitter at How About a Fresca, the Jason Smith Show. Thanks to Amy Trask for stopping by. Always enjoy our conversations with her. Again, you can follow her on Twitter at Amy Trask. We'll have more on the Cam Newton story coming up later on this hour, but we now know who's moving on in the Major League Baseball playoffs. The Diamondbacks move on, and we break down the biggest question surrounding this game coming up next on Fox. Hey! Hey, the Diamondbacks won! They play the Dodgers. No, no. No, Captain America is Steve Rogers. The Diamondbacks play the Dodgers. No, Padres is another name for fathers. That's San Diego. This is the Dodgers. They stay. No, Captain Hook's ship was the Jolly Roger. They play the... Never mind. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show, Jason and my best friend Mike Arbin, live from the Geico Studios. I always pumps you up. When we play Lemmy. I can always tell your 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 game hits a new level. Well, we get a lot of things that go coursing through our veins. The medal of Motorhead, as we remember Lemmy and some of the greatness on stage. Certainly, you know the the hat, the Fu Manchu, the giant chops, and. and the grizzly voice. I mean, it's everything. Add that to the 32 ounces of coffee I'm consuming. <laughs> That's what's going through our It really right just there. keeps you pumping. We had a three-hour, 54-minute wild card oh, game. We got the Lakers God. getting drummed by the Nuggets. We had the WNBA championship. There's lots going on. There are tons. And what just finished, somehow Fernando <gasps> Rodney closed it out. Oh, 
Ric Flair just had sex. Another one. That's the first time he's had sex since we started the show tonight. It's been a slow night for Ric Flair. Yeah, allegedly, but it's been a slow night. You know, it's been very heavy topics for him. So, oh, maybe he was watching the Diamondbacks and the Rockies. It was a long game. Maybe got- he needed a little uh, ace of spades. Yeah, him and four other people. <laughs> Maybe he needed the seventh inning stretch a little bit more than, than other people did. I tell you what, but, you know, you get the uh, the blood pumping when Fernando Rodney comes into a oh, game, let me tell you. I mean, that makes it so much more interesting because, you know, no lead is safe when Fernando Rodney comes in. Don't you just inch forward in your seat a little bit? <laughs> Don't you? You know, you see him come in and gets that first runner on, and you start getting excited saying, oh, we could see something magical happen here. There's not a closer in Major League Baseball, and I'm being – 100% honest. There's not a closer who, when he comes in the game, I think, oh, we can wind up getting a tie game here more than when Rodney is in. Even more than when Familia comes in. I think, oh, no, no, Rodney's coming in. Oh, we we could have some fun here in the ninth inning. We, we could have a lot of fun here. There's well, going to be know, walks. Well, there's going to be wild pitches. Well, that's shit. Be, We're yeah. looking to be entertained. We're looking for something. Ah, this guy's coming in. Ah, he nails it down. What's that, What's the movies that we should change the channel to next? No, no, no. no, no. We know that that half inning is going to get the over. If you're betting on how many minutes and how many pitches uh, it's going to take to finish things off for sure. But certainly, uh, we we know we're going to get some excitement and some anxious moments. So it, it's good for all involved. Put Fernando Rodney, give him the save. Eleven eight is your final score. The Diamondbacks beat the Rockies. So well, actually, technically not a save. He did allow the run to make it a three run game, but he gets out of the inning. That's right. And the Diamondbacks move on. Big nights all around. You had Peralta three for five, scored a couple of runs. Jake Lamb. Four for five, he scored three times. A.J. Pollock had the big dagger late in the game with a big two-run double. But the hit of the game, well, the one that started all off for Arizona. Gray out of the stretch, has his side. And the pitch on the way, and Goldie swings. High fly ball, deep left field, warning track wall. Touch him all, Goldie! A three-run homer, 3 nothing Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks Radio Network on the call. The, the ball he hit. You know, I know that he hits well up in the zone. You know, many, many hitters do, but Goldschmidt kills balls up in the zone. That ball was so high. I can't believe he got his bat up and got his bat on. Look, I know how good Paul Goldschmidt is, but you watch that replay and you go, oh, come on, no way. Uh, no, no way, really? I mean, that really he did that? I mean, that that's amazing to see a guy that kind of bat speed, that kind of wrist action up that high and just kind of, I, I know, kind of like, like, he, like instead of a bat, he had a cesta. And and he was he was playing highlight. He was able to just kind of just jerk it up and over into the stands. You got a highlight reference Woo! in here. I love highlight. really now you're going deep. Oh, I love highlight. Like it was a pelota instead of look at that the baseball. But yeah, he turns on it like you would in a wiffle ball game. Mm-hmm. You still have enough to get around. <laughs> they caught up with uh, Goldschmidt after the game, and this is what he had to say: the Diamondbacks' victors over the Rockies. I love gold. <laughs> the look of it. The taste of it, the smell of it, the texture. I love gold so much that I even lost my genitalia in an unfortunate smelting action. Hence the name, Gold Member. I really thought Schmidt was going to be in there at the end. I really thought it was going to be Gold Schmidt was going to throw. Well, we in. haven't edited that piece. Together. No, I, well, we're, look, we're, we're we're doing things on the. There's fly a here. lot of things. Yeah, a lot of balls in the air. Uh. And mark tape on that. I mean, you know the drop we just played. The guy was talking about genitalia, and then you just now you run that one. I mean, what? 
You think it's an accident? I'm, I'm rubbing off on you. I really am. I know I am. I know I'm rubbing off on you. I'm a brilliant wordsmith. <laughs> I pat myself on the back, and I just dislocated my shoulder. I know what I'm saying. You guys think this is all happy accidents. Come on now. Uh, another night and horrible starting pitching from both of these teams. We had 14 pitchers in this game, Smith. 14! <laughs> I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Granky tonight went three and two-thirds. John Gray went an inning and a third, and that was it. All right, so that's four inning, five innings total from the pitchers tonight. You had Severino went a third inning left. That's yeah. five and a third. And then Santana <laughs> went two innings last night. He went night. two and a half. So or had, two and a third, I should say. You had yeah. seven and two-thirds in total innings yeah. from the four starting pitchers in the wild card games. That's, that's really just... Awful. That's things getting tight. Ooh, that's that's things tightening up just a little oh. bit. And the big winners, of course, are the Dodgers because now the Diamondbacks have to turn around Friday night after blowing through Ray and De La Rosa and Bradley and Rodney and take on Clayton Kershaw and the Dodgers. Frostburg, I mean, look, how do you feel? This team has played you guys tough all season long. Even Puig said during the season, ah, the Diamondbacks seem to play us tougher than anybody else. I mean, how do you feel? If you think I'm scared for one second, you're mistaken. Okay. Goldschmidt can't even hit Baez. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Not that. See, there's the tail of the tape we need. Baez. I'll be on the plane versus... watching this as I land in New York. Yeah, he'll be already working on Charger. Talk. Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Charger so talk, that, yeah. That Game one will be when Charger talk is on the air. Well, that right, starts in like three minutes. Your Charger pregame is going to start. Well, he's doing double duty here in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studio. Hey, There's no you, question about it. Frostburg, do you know, is there going to be some kind of event at Chavez Ravine uh, for Pedro Baez not being on the roster? Is there going to be some kind of demonstration? Yeah, it's a celebration. Oh, okay. A parade. <laughs> a championship parade. So there you go. Diamondbacks move on. They beat the Rockies 11-8. And in one minute, we're going to get into the big topic coming off of this game and what's going to fuel the next 24 hours. So when you hear people talking about it tomorrow, you'll remember, oh, yeah, because the Jason Smith Show, those guys talked about it last night. We got that coming up in a minute. But first, let's talk to Tom Looney and find out everything that is trending. Okay, last night it was a Benny Mardonis night as the American League wildcard game went deep into the night. Tonight it's a Mark Lindsay night as the National League wildcard game went deep into the night in the Valley of the Sun. Phoenix, Arizona was the Valley of the Darkness by the time this thing ended. Arizona Diamondbacks, Colorado Rockies. It was a competitive game with 14 pitchers, but bottom of the first inning, the tone of the game was set by the Diamondbacks' biggest star, and after that, Arizona never trailed. Ray out of the stretch. Has his side, and the pitch on the way, and Goldie swings, high fly ball, deep left field, warning track wall, touch him on Goldie, a three-run homer, 3 nothing Diamondbacks. Goldie is Paul Goldschmidt, Greg Schulte with the call, KTAR Phoenix, Diamondbacks tap the Rockies 11-8, Arizona travels to L.A. to play the Dodgers Friday night in the National League Divisional Series, better known by its gangster name, NLDS. NHL season opened up tonight, but you knew that. Marquee game, two-time defending champions, Stanley Cup champion Pittsburgh Penguins hosting the St. Louis Blues. Blues marched on the Penguins 5-4 in overtime. Cam Newton getting blown up tonight on Twitter and on talk shows for a sexist remark aimed at a female reporter who seemed to know a lot about football. And now more with Jason Smith and Michael Harmon on Fox Sports Radio. Tom Looney, an update anchor who seems to know a lot about sports. 
Thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Nicely done. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you, buddy. That could be part it. of his drop. <laughs> yeah, there it is. I, a guy who seems to know a lot about sports. That's uh, when we're not using award-winning update anchor. Yeah, Tom so Lundy. you got to yeah, yeah I, and that's that's a must. That's in your contract. It's in my contract. It's in Michael's, but he never does it. Well, it's, it's not mine. Is it one of the awards <laughs> you won? Actually, titled "Seems to Know a Lot About Sports." Tom Looney the seems to know a lot about yeah. sports award. It's seen my senior year at Notre Dame High School. Oh, yes. very good. Well, congrats. he won that in bar trivia <laughs> last, last Wednesday night. We played. Where NTN. do you think he was going when he left so hurriedly? <laughs> I got to get to Buffalo Wild Wings. You know where we're going up against the bar in San Bernardino County. <laughs> got to beat. <laughs> Talk to you in a bit, All Mr. Right. Looney. Uh, so tonight's game, Diamondbacks and the Rockies. Look, it was thrilling. It was fun. It was back and forth. You had not quite lead changes because the Rockies could never get the lead. Arizona got up six nothing. The Rockies put up four in the fourth. They get another one in the seventh, and Arizona puts up two. Then Colorado puts up two, and Arizona puts up three. And Colorado puts up one. It was exciting. It was exciting. You got what you wanted to see. All the big hitters hit well. Trevor Story had a couple of hits. Cargo was two for five. The Rockies really hurt them. Top of the order, LeMahieu and Blackman went a combined 0 for 9. But it was still an entertaining game. If we learn one thing the last two nights, it doesn't matter how entertaining a game is. If these games are going to all be four hours, people have hit the breaking point. I mean, there's times when we do stories and you think, well, eventually it's going to catch up to you. And you go, yeah, yeah, but not today. Not today, old man. Nope, I'm done. Not today. Not today. But eventually everybody's got to pay the piper. And when you set the precedent here, you had the two play-in games that were both four-hour games. You had 351 last night, 354 tonight. People just are not going to watch. They have hit that, you know what, it's the Major League Baseball playoffs and I'm unplugging. Trust me, even though the Yankees are in, the Dodgers are in, you got high-profile teams, Bryce Harper, the Cubs, people will not watch. You are going to see trends for Major League Baseball this October of when people are tuning in and when people are tuning out. And right now you had the first two games. The first three innings of each game were two hours. And you're like, oh, my, I, I, can't, I can't do that. I can't, I can't deal with that. The first three innings are usually an hour no matter what, but I can't deal with two-hour first three innings. People will stop watching at the beginning of games, or they'll tune out, or they'll wait and they'll tune in late, and they'll go, oh, you know what? The game started at 7.05. When do you need to watch the game? Like 9. I'll tune in like 9. Really? 9 o'clock? Yeah, yeah. It'll be like the sixth inning, and I'll watch for an hour and a half or so. Or you know what? I'll tune in about 9.30, quarter to 10 when we're in the seventh or eighth inning, and that's what I'm going to watch and see. And if it's a blowout, I don't need to tune in because this is the year when people realize, okay, You can't keep telling me and selling me that the games are going to be shorter, we're going to help the viewer, and then these games just get longer and longer and longer and longer. It's the pitching changes. It's the drama. Umpires don't nearly enforce the pace of play rules. They stopped really enforcing them this year. But in the playoffs especially, batters take a little more time. Pitchers take a little more time. It's not just you're coming in, you're coming out, because pitching changes are part of the game. But just overall, it's very difficult to say, okay, 7 o'clock the game is on and it's going to be over at 11. Or the game is on at you know 10 o'clock on the, on the West Coast, on the East Coast, because the West Coast game and the Dodgers game isn't over until 2 in the morning. That's difficult to say, okay, stay and watch. I think we're at that tipping point. Well, it's just like the inflation of footballs. They say they were going to check and then they didn't bother. <laughs> So same thing here in terms of I will of make sure that is inflated. Is it inflated? I don't know. I don't know. Wait, <laughs> we have spot data. What does that mean? 
Can we see it? No. So it'll be curious to see in terms of ratings when we go into key markets how people are are, are watching, right? Are, are they sh- skipping those first three innings? Are they tuning in for first pitch and watching the, the beginning and the flow? Like, this was an entertaining game, you know, once you got to the fourth inning. By then, you probably lost folks. Maybe they were off watching Survivor, some guy who may or may not save the world sitcom, whatever else might might have been on your television watching experience. You had 30 hits, five walks, all these pitching changes. So managerial strategy for those that want to get excited about the details of the game and pitcher-batter matchups and long-term planning, right, with Robbie Ray only throwing 34 pitches, obviously looking ahead when you've got a lead saying, okay, you've got him and he should be available Friday in some capacity, if not as the starter against Clayton Kershaw. But you, you start looking down the road. It's still the playoffs. So I don't think people tune out altogether, but it certainly does put a lot of pressure. I mean, in this particular case, people on the East Coast, did they care about this game? No, because no, the winner's not. going to play the Dodgers. And it, was, it wasn't the Yankees. It wasn't. You watch tonight. Look at, look, just not that social media is always a reflection on, on society, but last night, nine out of the ten trending topics on Twitter were Yankees twins, whether it was Judge, Severino, whatever it was, nine out of ten. And tonight, you had maybe two. You had Archie Bradley, which is still trending because he hit a triple to drive in two runs for the Diamondbacks. It's a really of. big story. But right under that is WNBA Finals, Cam Newton, and then you get Rodney and Diamondbacks at the bottom. I mean, that that's what it was. That shows you what this game tonight was for everybody compared to the Yankees. And when you're going to get to the point where it's going to be three games a day, that's really hard. It's really hard. Look, ratings in the local markets will be through the roof because that's that's what it is. Ratings for the, in Cleveland will be through the roof, in New York, through the roof, everything else. But when you talk about, okay, nationally, what are we doing outside of the local markets? People don't have that time. People don't have that time. And, and like I said, this year is going to be the tipping point. I'm interested now to see how the ratings break down for these games. Every week we get them, whether it's from awful announcing or dead spin or somebody else, oh, here's the ratings and here's what we've seen. We'll get them and we'll find out. There's no way people are staying in tune for in, in, in tune for this. There's well, no way. But, but think about Friday night, right? When we talk about it all the time here locally with the Dodgers, except for Tuesday nights, the final six weeks of the season, most of the market didn't get to see them, so they'll be dialed up. Now it'll be a late game. Clayton Kershaw is going to have to take to the mound some twenty to twenty-five minutes later than normal. We know he's a routine oh, he's guy, not so be he happy is going to be that. salty, not and we'll see how that react. I mean, are they going to fool him? by changing the clocks in the dugout? <laughs> Is that what they do? They have to go through that whole charade a- along the way? So, I mean, there's, there's certainly that. I know we had um, the the Rockies were having fun on Twitter, so that was one of the subplots to this game. Uh, quote, you know, the fun, sad thing about playing on national TV is that there's four times more trolls and haters. Be positive. <laughs> Never give up. That was after the uh, early deficit. But – Fun stuff all the way through, and and for us, an entertaining game, albeit four hours. It's going to be curious, and you always get into these discussions about start times and trying to be sensitive to folks getting out of work and getting to the ballpark, looking in your national TV windows and advertising rates. There's just too many variables in that equation to make any wholesale changes, but curious, especially as we keep seeing people change their viewing habits and how they consume media, how the leagues 
and their broadcast partners adjust. Tomorrow, for instance, you had Red Sox Astros MLB Network at 4 o'clock Eastern time. Verlander's sale. Oh, yeah. You're waiting because you know the game goes that long. Yankees-Indians doesn't go until 7.30 Eastern time. So let's have a a three-and-a-half-hour window to get this game in so people can go seamlessly from the Red Sox Astros to the Yankees Indians. But now you're talking about a game that's going to end close to midnight. Well, with the. Is judge and, jury. and what's interesting about that is when you got a guy like Sale on the mound, if he's on, that game's done in two hours and eight minutes. Mm. And, and, and look at Friday. Right? Red Sox Astros at two Eastern, Yankees Indians at five, Cubs Nationals 7 30, and then Diamondbacks Dodgers at 10 30. I mean, real. I mean, that that's no one has enough time for it. It's it's like watching World Cup. It's yeah, like, but you oh, get to build your stamina for all of like you'll be a, a good build into Saturday's college football slate, and then straight back at it for the NFL. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show. Jason, Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studios at Farmers. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Like how to help so you can make sure you're ready for some of life's unexpected hazards. Stay ahead of the game with tips from a knowledgeable pro at Farmers. We are farmers. Coming up next, the greatest player of all time at his position in the NFL absolutely needs a new hobby. And his name is John Cena. (laughs) (laughs) It's not quite John Cena. I'm very, very excited about it. Well, you are the greatest, buddy, but it's not you. After the story that broke today, he absolutely needs a new hobby. Hello. No, Phil. Go to sleep. I think we know what we're doing. Phil, back to sleep, Phil. All right. It's next on Fox. Little known fact. First five years I did fantasy football, my team name was Hava Nagila. And there goes Jerry Rice on the chair. <laughs> They're lifting him up as we speak. <laughs> you say that like it's a bad thing. No, I'm just saying, Hava Nagila. I still want to know why that was your team name in fantasy football. It, it, it just was. Let's have it be, you know why? No, well, no, no okay, there's got to be a genesis. That's no, a, randomly selected. I'll tell you why. This is the Jason Smith Show. Jason, Mike Carbon. great news. Quick way you can save money, switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. My best friend and I used to play NHL 94 all the time. It was the best hockey game. Sure. Wait a second. Time out. Yeah. I thought Michael Harmon was your best friend. Well, by the 1994. I didn't know Mike Harmon in 1994. Mike Harmon was still was finishing high school in 1994. I wish right? I were that young, but I, I trump everybody. Okay. In, in, in terms of best friend. You don't retroactively. They're all secondary. Right, and oh, they're the no way, longer best friends. They're just guys I knew. No, and 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 oh, by the way, I'm the only one that says Mike Harmon's my best friend. You can say you're my best friend too, buddy, but instead you just go, "Oh, that is right. Oh, I, my calves look great. That is right." Uh, you never tell me once I'm your best friend, not once. But I think it makes it better. So we better play, copy. We played NHL '94 all the time. It's a fantastic and, game. Yes, it was. You know, they would play all the songs you would hear in the arenas, and "Hava Nagila" was a song that you heard in NHL arenas for some reason. Why? Why? I don't Still even know. not quite sure why that was the case, but yes, you're and right. They would always play it when because I would always be the Whalers, and that was the song. Whenever the Whalers were winning in the third period, I was the Whalers. They would play "Hava Nagila" when there was only a couple minutes left, and I would say, "I want to beat you now." "Hava Nagila's on," so "Hava Nagila" kind of became the song. So that became our team name. Uh, in fantasy football was Havanagila. 
That's cute. Dun, dun, hey, happy dun, opening dun, night dun, for the dun, NHL dun, season dun, as well, dun, right? Dun. And we've already got greatness as um, oh, Connor McDavid doing Connor McDavid things. He has, he has a hat trick. Yeah, I don't know who's having a better day, Connor McDavid or, or, or Jack Eichel, who just got, what, $80 million? <laughs> well, it's Eichel. That's a pretty good <laughs> Man, that's, <laughs> That was your day to uh, steal from the yeah. award-winning update desk of Tom Lou. <laughs> oh, yeah, I got $80 million, but you had a hat trick, so okay. Uh, but we'll have more on the Diamondbacks victory coming up. We'll have more on the Cam Newton story coming up. But the reason we played a little bit of uh, – Havana Gila and, and, and wedding crashes is because we found out today via a piece on the ringer that Jerry Rice, the greatest wide receiver of all time, has been spending time as a wedding crasher, crashing weddings. The greatest receiver in the history of the National Football League. I didn't think I could love Jerry Rice anymore. No, see, here's the thing. It's fun and it's kind of ha-ha. But in the end, I'm like, dude, you're the greatest wide receiver of all time. You can't, you can't be crashing weddings. You can't You've do it. You've experienced the highs of can't do it. Super Bowl wins. No. You've had your Hall of Fame induction. You've attended many others and greeted them and can't welcomed them into that family. And now you're you're bringing happiness to vote. You get your full round of golf in, and you need a little snack. Oh, my God, they're lifting Jerry up on the chair again. <laughs> no, but that's just it. How great would that be? No, Jerry Because this allows the, the bride and the groom, in theory, to slip out. No, no, Look, no. everybody's going to bother Jerry Rice. We can actually eat. We can maybe get a drink in. If this was the first thing we've really heard from Jerry Rice outside the norm in his days of retirement, I would say, okay, it's kind of fun. Because he said, I do it. I want to wish the bride and groom happiness. Then it becomes Jerry Rice is at our wedding, but it's overwhelmingly positive. Jerry Rice is just looking for a place where he can show up where people are going to say, oh, my God, it's Jerry Rice. This is so cool. You're at our wedding. This is real. It's the greatest wide receiver ever. It's Jerry Rice. Nothing was finer than to be a 49er. Jerry Rice is a clown. He's a clown. A clown? Look, How dare you? Okay, let's go back. I knew That is terrible. I knew Jerry Rice was going to be a clown. After he retired, and he's on the red carpet of the ESPYs, and I interview him, and he's wearing a purple suit. And I'm like, okay, i got to ask him why. What is wrong with a purple suit? Because That's glorious. Hang on. That's the color of royalty. Hang he's on. the greatest of all time. It worked, you know, it worked pretty well for Barney. And, and the Joker. But those are fictional characters. <laughs> this is Jerry Rice. I said, why are you in a, a, a purple suit? He goes, this is actually a felt suit, and it's made out of a bunch of Crown Royal bags because I'm here for Crown Royal. I'm like, really? How the hell? Oh, do really? I get one of those? Really? Hey, You're sponsorship the... opportunity. Certain Inquire within can. at Swollen Dome. Well, people who watch Battle of the Sexes, the movie, will understand why Steve Carell was wearing a sugar daddy sweatshirt while he's playing a tennis match. You know why? Because he was a clown back then when he faced off against Billie Jean King. No, the purple suit, far better than the Louisiana kitchen was chicken the, match. was the kitchen match where you had, come on, the guy's got a helmet on and there's a chicken wing on his helmet. This is the this is Jerry Rice. This is not Jermaine Curse. This is not, this is Jerry Rice. He's the greatest wide receiver. He's the greatest player to ever play his position in the history of the NFL. And he's crashing weddings. And I say, have fun no, with it. New hobby. Have fun with new it. Hobby. Hey, you know what? Don't be a clown. Bring happiness to hundreds of people at a time. No, is he you bringing get... happiness, or is he there just so people can say, "Wow, Jerry Rice is at our wedding"? You don't uh... think they're happy? Uh, I think they're probably happy for a little bit, then it gets weird. I might have to renew my vows knowing this. 
Philip Rivers is not going to come to your wedding. He's not going to crash <laughs> no. your wedding. If he no, shows no. up in that $200,000 RV he's riding around in. Jerry Rice. Jerry. <laughs> he would show. All you have to do is tell him. And it, it, it could just be, be, just be you and Abby. He'd probably even wear a yarmulke. Uh, he'd, uh, whatever you want. What, he would lift you up on the chair. He's got to still be pretty strong. But the guy, you can't. There's a fine line between being self-deprecating and being a clown. And Jerry Rice is he's a clown. Why can't you just have fun? You're a you fun hater. You can have fun. I love fun. We no, you're fun a fun hater. No, no, no. There's When you are the great. Look, former presidents of the United States don't get paid money and, 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 and put on you know, oh, I'm, I'm going to dress up in a milk carton or a sandwich board. For, they don't do it. Because Give it why? time. Because they're, <laughs> they're former presidents. They don't do that. Jerry Rice shouldn't be doing that. Uh-huh. Hey, this way to get my taxes done. Is, is that this way, Mr. President? Is that where I'm going? You're spinning that thing. Is that th- this way? Am I going this way? You're fired. Hey, that's a skill. Coming up next, we'll have more of the Diamondbacks and the biggest story in the NFL surrounding Cam Newton, Fox. Final hour of the show, it is the Jason Smith Show at Fox Sports Radio, foxsportsradio.com and iHeartRadio. Jason, Mike Harmon live from the Geico Studios where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more in car insurance. More info, visit geico.com. It has been a wild show so far, the final hour. We got Archie Bradley, we got Cam Newton, we got lots of stuff. I noticed the dramatic pause there. You debated calling me your best friend, and then oh. you eschewed it. You said, you know what? He can beat it. And he, now it's an adversarial relationship here uh, inside the Geico oh, Fox Sports Radio one Studios. One time, I don't no call love. you my best friend. No, one no, because you paused. It was like you were thinking about it. You said, you know what? Forget him. No. Well, you really, there was a lot you're, of you're anger. reading my mind? Yeah. How many times have you ever called me, I'm your best friend? How many times have you ever said that? Zero. It seems pretty Zero. weak to come back. You're my best friend, too. You never seems you kinda say soft. it. You could say it at times. Nah. Oh, it's your nah. thing. Nah, it's your, you say I mean, but I'm not did your you, best Did friend. you like the way I channeled my inner Walt Smith right there? Nah. Yeah, oh, by the way, he is up for uh, Ask Walt I'm tomorrow a little, no, after I'm the afraid Yankees to game. Go. He's, he's up for Ask Walt. He came over today. He goes, how did I sound last night on the show? I said, you good, Dad. You were fun. Everybody liked you. He goes, yeah. I said, do you want to come on again and do it? I didn't even get it out of my mouth. He goes, oh, yeah, sure. If I'm around tomorrow night, yeah, yeah just let Ask me know. Ask Phil. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> If you're around, Dad, if you're, where, where are you going to be, Dad? Don't forget, we be? also have Brady versus Winston. Uh, we do have that tomorrow night, yeah. yes. But this is this Bronx is a, now on the injury report. This is Ask Walt. I mean, this is this is Ask. I'm Walt a little afraid gonna... of what comes out of an Ask Walt what? segment. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. I think that's problematic. Uh, you want to get your questions in for Ask Walt tomorrow night following the Yankee game? Uh, Twitter at How About a Fresca. That's on Twitter at How About a Fresca. Uh, if I know my dad, he was, you know, going through a lot of adjectives and adverbs uh, today just to get ready for his appearance tomorrow night. Got to watch, you know, got to got to build up 24 hours of, of prep and pregame and, you know, getting all his phrases in a row. I mean, but we can't give him the the answers up front. I mean, we can't give him. Hey, the, no, the, no, the no, no, no. I'm just saying I mean, he's, you know, he's he's preparing for the mental gymnastics of what is coming. I'm a little, up. Yeah, what watching more CSI? No, or NCIS. You know, Paulie Perrette's leaving uh, CSI. Yeah, Dad, I saw. Yeah, I saw that. Dad, I thought you didn't watch that anymore. No, I'm just saying I saw it in the news. I, I read it oh, on okay. uh, <laughs> the Hollywood Reporter <laughs> online. Uh, Tori Lavulo, Diamondbacks manager, will join us. In 25 minutes to talk about the thrilling 11-8 victory the Diamondbacks had 
over the Colorado Rockies. They move on to play the Dodgers. We'll talk about the game tonight. Archie Bradley, the series against the Dodgers, all coming up in less than a half hour from now. Keep it right here, the Jason Smith Show on Fox Sports Radio. And why is Archie Bradley the man of the night? Well, just in case you missed it, you, you know, look, Archie Bradley's a guy that came up and was a pretty good starting pitching prospect for the Diamondbacks for a couple of years. Really found his niche this year as one of their star relievers. He came in the seventh inning in a one-run game, got the final out, and look, let's let him hit in the bottom of the seventh. And this is what Archie Bradley did. Here's Nisic's pitch, and Archie shot to left center field. That's going to gap it all the way to the wall. Two runs are going to score. Archie's in the second. He's not going to stop. Here he comes to third. He slides in safely with a triple. Archie Bradley, 8-5 D-backs. Diamondbacks Radio Network on the call. Archie Bradley drives in two runs, making a three-run game. Now he would give up back-to-back home runs in the top of the next inning. So Bradley really was at a zero-sum game, uh, which for a reliever is okay, I guess. If you're going to knock two runs in, you allow two runs, you're doing what the manager wants you to do, keep the game at the score it's at. And he gave you one of the great quotes of all time. This comes off Jeff Passan's Twitter account, at Jeff Passan. Quote, I knew I wasn't as sharp and was going to give up some homers, so I needed a cushion. <laughs> he threw. How did he know he wasn't sharp? He threw one pitch and got out of the seventh inning. It was a comebacker, too. Yeah, he threw one pitch. <laughs> I didn't have my stuff. Uh, he knew, just warming to. up. <laughs> there you oh. have it. Nice. Archie Bradley. Archie's here. The man of the hour. Only he's here. Only in Arizona can a guy... Knock two in, give up two home runs, and and be the hero. Yeah, Jughead. Legend. If you miss any of the Jason Smith show, don't forget, you can download it right after the show is over. iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, FoxSportsRadio.com, the iHeartRadio app, many places you can get the best of. Whatever you want to listen to. The whole show, certain portions of it, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, FoxSportsRadio.com, the iHeartRadio app. Rate us, give us five stars. We'll love you forever and ever and ever. Meanwhile, Cam Newton made headlines tonight. Headlines that Cam Newton would probably rather not have made, although judging by his reaction after he made these headlines, I could be wrong about that too. It was a normal Wednesday in the National Football League. Press conferences were happening. People were meeting the media. First day since the players had their day off on Tuesday. And Cam Newton was asked a question by Jordan Rodrigue, who is a beat reporter for the Carolina Panthers for the Charlotte Observer. He's been a beat reporter there for a while and asked him a question about wide receiver Devin Funches, who has been very physical in his route running lately and is getting open and getting more passes. She wanted to ask Cam Newton about that issue, and this is how Cam Newton responded, lighting off a firestorm. I know you take a lot of pride in seeing your receivers play well. Devin Funches has seemed to really embrace the physicality of his routes and, and making getting those extra yards. Does that give you a little bit of an enjoyment to see him kind of truck sticking people out there? It's funny to hear a female talk about routes. Like It's funny. Oh, Cam Newton, that was awful. It's a really good question that is as you're seeing Funches because that was a big question, right? You lose Greg Olson for the year. Benjamin coming off injury hasn't been the same. And here's a question about a guy who you've targeted 19 times mm-hmm. the last two weeks against New Orleans 
and against New England, and he's coming into his own and waiting for that breakout. Could have just answered the question. But Because he, he then gave a pretty good breakdown of the development of Devin Funches. Yeah, but didn't Unfortunately, matter. Unfortunately, didn't matter. whether he was joking, however he thought that was going to be interpreted, he got a, no reaction from the room. There's a pause. You could hear the crickets. And then he answers the question. He's demeaning to a woman just because of her gender. I like it when females ask about routes. So what happened after this happened? The Panthers put out a statement saying that after the press conference, both Rodrigue and Cam Newton met. Cam Newton expressed remorse at what he said, and they moved on. Meanwhile, Rodrigue put on Twitter, afterwards was worse than him just dismissing me that way in the press conference. I don't want to talk about it anymore because I like my job and I want to continue to do it. He's not going to make me not do my job. So here are the Panthers saying, oh, everything's fine, and Cam Newton expressed remorse, and here's Rodriguez saying, no, it was worse after it was over. Cam Newton makes it impossible for you to like him. He makes it impossible, and he should be one of the most liked players in the NFL because the guy's got charm, charisma, he's fun to watch on the field, but he is his own worst enemy. The biggest moments of his life in the NFL, and he finds a way to shoot himself in the foot. Right before the NFL draft, what does he say? I want to be known as an entertainer. Now, that's fine. But that's not going to help win you any points with anybody that wants to hear you say, I want to be the best quarterback of all time. I want to be a star player. I want to win Super Bowls. All the stuff you'd expect guys to say. When you hear a guy say, I want to be known as an entertainer, what did that do? That put a huge backlash against Cam Newton. The Super Bowl, what does he do when it comes down to push comes to shove in the fourth quarter, the rubber hits the road? He... Pulls up rather than fall on a fumble, his own fumble, giving the game and the Super Bowl to the Denver Broncos because he was worried about potentially being injured if he dove in the pile for the football. Everything he and his team worked for, everything they worked for. Thomas Davis had his elbow zippered up from his wrist all the way to the top of his bicep to play in it that game. It looked like a football. And Cam Newton couldn't fall on the football because ah, I could have torqued my leg. And then in the press conference after, didn't like hearing the questions, and walked out. Biggest moment, and he shoots himself in the foot. And now here he is again, after another huge moment in his career. All the people who said Cam Newton's done after three weeks. Cam's terrible. Look at him, and look, he's not moving around like he was healthy. We talked about it. He didn't look like the same Cam Newton. You have seen the best of Cam Newton. But in a big shut-the-hell-up performance, Cam Newton plays great, mainly because the Patriots' defense stinks. But... On the road, he beats New England. He should be basking in that glow and thinking, hey, our defense is great. I'm back. And instead, here he goes, and he gives this ridiculous statement during a press conference. He makes it impossible for you to like him. Impossible. Because he can't get out of his own way. He's his own worst enemy. No one does these things to Cam Newton. He does it all to himself. The league quickly puts out a statement saying, you know, these ideas, these thoughts of Cam Newton are not indicative of how we – treat our colleagues, etc. The the standard boilerplate kind of response. Curious to see how that trickles into locker rooms and organization to organization. But certainly for Cam Newton, every attempt has been made to make him one of the, if not the face of the NFL pushing forward. I mean, we've seen him in numerous commercials showing up at what the Nick Awards and all those kind of things. Here's your host, Cam Newton. It's like he and Gronk showing up all over kids' programming uh, as you go through. 
And here you have a, a circumstance. Very easy question to answer. Mm. Very, very easy to not get into this at all. And and he they finds himself now in the in the middle of a big controversy and answered the question really well about Funchess on the back end. Right? Realizing that he had stepped in it instead of pausing and clarifying or retracting or apologizing, does none of the above, proceeds to answer the question, and then dismisses the the reporter once again, Miss Rodrigue. In the locker room, her colleague at the Charlotte Observer uh, gave a full account of the discussion and that she ended up by reintroducing herself Mm -hmm. a year after being on the beat. (laughs) Because the other thing is, you know, you may not know reporters by name. You you would know her at at this point. You'd know the faces of the the reporters. But in the the end, while there are more women in locker rooms and at press conferences, there hasn't hit where they're part of the faceless mass, you know, what people always stereotype as mid-40s, white guy or older. She was <laughs> certainly still stand out in the room. We did have a couple of people on Twitter going, wow, I've been reading her for over a year and just never would have thought, hey, it's a woman writing. It's just insights on a team and, and breaking down practices and games and whatever else. So you've got that as well. Earlier tonight, we talked to Amy Trask, former CEO of the Raiders for 16 years. You see her now on CBS Sports Network, CBS Sports. She wrote a book about her life in the National Football League called You Negotiate Like a Girl. And she broke this down so beautifully for us when we talked to her about this situation with Cam and Jordan Rodrigue. And one of the most interesting things she said during our conversation was where she got most of the hey, you're a woman, maybe you don't know what you're doing during her time in the NFL, and it wasn't where you thought it would be. I was around locker rooms for almost 30 years, and I did not find that it was pervasive. That doesn't mean it doesn't exist. You know, I also worked for a man, Al Davis, who hired without regard to race, gender, ethnicity, religion, and and all those individualities I mentioned So that, you know, clearly set a tone in the organization. And I understand I had the privilege of working for a team owner that was absolutely unconcerned with my gender. And and by the way, of of course I met with some resistance in my career. But you know what? It wasn't in the locker room. My experience with athletes is that athletes judge their coworkers on whether they can get the job done. As a general rule, I found less resistance in the locker room than otherwise. Other places. Great stuff from Amy Trask. Going to have that up as well on the website, foxsportsradio.com, to listen to the whole thing. It was enlightening, and it was a very A to B to C conversation about what went on with Cam Newton today. Twitter at How About a Fresca, the Jason Smith Show. Coming up next, more on this. I'll tell you how I could have got Cam Newton out of all of this as playing Jason Smith, public relations advisor to the stars. And we'll have more on the Diamondbacks. And the Rockies, Tori Lavulo, Diamondbacks manager, joining us in 15 minutes. It's the Jason Smith Show, Fox Sports Radio. I'm very, very excited about it. Tim Tebow pouring champagne in his Florida boxers. I'm so excited. It's that kind of time of night, huh? Wondering when the Mets are going to call him to say, Tim, come be our manager. Put yourself in the lineup. Play right field. Player manager. I like it. You and Brandon Nimmo. I like it. You and Brandon Nimmo can split the job in right field. <laughs> the Jason Smith Show, Jason, Mike Harmon, live 
from the Geico Studios. Where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more in car insurance. More info, visit geico.com. Tori Lovello, Diamondbacks manager, set to join us in about 10 minutes from now. And I can't wait to ask about Archie Bradley. It's going to be tough to ask him about anything but Archie Bradley. Oh, I got a couple of thoughts. Do you? All right. It's, sure. Archie Bradley is it, man. He's Hyperbaric with- Chambers. How many guys are laying him in him? <laughs> yeah. And I'm trying to get ready for Friday. And I wonder if he's heard the exclusive audio from uh, Goldschmidt. We should play that from him. Oh, I, I, for him. Yeah. I, you think we can play that for him? Absolutely. I think that would be a pretty Goldschmidt's good reaction. the MVP out a huge night. I think he needs to hear it. <laughs> I love gold. Or we could tell him, hey, we heard this from the locker room. We're going to play you something and want your reaction to it. You know, we heard this from the locker room. <laughs> you do that? Yeah, he'd probably drown me in that pool. <laughs> he would Chase just, hang, he would just hang up and go, hey, who's talking about genitalia in the locker room? Huh? <laughs> Who isn't? Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't really I don't talk about that all that much. I don't know. I don't. But that's, that's the gold member drop that, that we were using. That was the joke. So we got. Tori Lovello coming up in a few minutes to talk about this phenomenally exciting game between the Diamondbacks and the Rockies. No lead changes, but it was close the whole game. The Diamondbacks got up big. The Rockies came back. Archie Bradley knocks in two runs with a triple. The first pitcher to hit a triple in the postseason since 1918. When, oh, by the way, Babe Ruth, who started in left field and came in to pitch, actually wound up hitting a triple in the game. Gives up two dingers in the next inning, but, you know, hey, you're a reliever. You knock in two runs, you can give up two runs. It's okay. Quote, I knew I wasn't as sharp and was going to give up some homers, so I needed a cushion. <laughs> the greatness of Archie Bradley. You think you think Lavella would have wanted to know that before he brought him in the game? Oh, oh you're going to give up a couple of, oh, well, well, I'll go to somebody else then. Yeah, but he also <laughs> knew he had a, was ready to swing a hot bat. That's true. That's true. He, he was very so ready for that. So it's kind of, you know, the yin and the yang. Uh, but the other big story tonight, obviously, besides the wild card game, and congratulations, the Diamondbacks get the Dodgers and Clayton Kershaw on Friday. Cam Newton, who made a lot of headlines for all the wrong reasons today, answering a question at his normal Wednesday press conference when Jordan Rodriguez, a female reporter with the Charlotte Observer, who is the Panthers beat reporter for the Charlotte Observer, wanted to ask him a question about wide receiver Devin Funches and how physical he's being running his routes lately. She asked the question, and here's Cam Newton's response. I know you take a a lot of pride in seeing your receivers play well. Devin Funches has seemed to really embrace the physicality of his routes and and getting those extra yards. Does that give you a little bit of an enjoyment to see him kind of truck-sticking people out there? It's funny to hear a female talk about routes. Like, it's funny. Oh. Cam Newton just is saying, I, I got to think at some point in his head, he's thinking uh, that that really was the worst thing in the world to say. That really was a completely sexist comment. And he is saying that, oh, yeah, it's really funny when I hear females try to swing with us and try to talk, you know, routes with us. Like that was such out, out of the, the, the out of the box question to ask. You asked me about how dare you ask me about routes? I think. Routes is something, and, and Devin Funches, is that anybody would want to know? Hey, it's an interesting question about Devin Funches, but no, no, no. I got to make sure I say, huh, females asking me about routes. That was the absolute worst thing you could say. And I've said before throughout the show tonight, he's his own worst enemy. He makes it impossible for you to like him because he completely torpedoes himself at times. The Panthers made it worse when they put out a statement saying that Rodrigue and 
Cam Newton got together after practice. He expressed remorse and they moved on. She says, no way that didn't happen. There's no way that that happened. In fact, what when I talked to him, it was worse afterwards. I'm not going to talk anymore about this because I have a job to do and I don't want him to keep me from doing it. So she's not said anything else since then. Cam Newton could have taken care of this in one of many different ways. I, you know, Living in the real world, and if I'm the PR guy for the Panthers, the first thing I say, this is why I say my job would be, if I wasn't doing radio, I'd be a PR, I'd be like the PR consultant. If something bad happens, call me and I'll tell you what to say. And this is where if you're a PR guy, you grab Cam Newton and you go, dude, that was the most ridiculously stupid thing to say. You realize how sexist you sound? You realize that? And now you're def- you're taken away from this football team. Here's what you got to do. You have to come out there with a statement or say, listen, I was asked that question. I tried to say something funny. I thought I would come across funny. I didn't. I thought it would say a funny thing. Boy, I-, I wanted to make it sound like I was complimenting her. I think it's great when a woman asked me about routes because that's all he said. He didn't go into any more detail and really dig his hole any deeper. He said that and then went into the explanation about Devin Funches. All he's got to do is say, I thought I was saying something funny. I wanted to be entertaining. I was a little too glib. That's on me. I'm sorry. And you move on. But Cam Newton couldn't do that. Or or no one figured out that was the way to play, to get it to work, to get it to not be a controversy. But instead, afterwards, things turned out even worse because Cam Newton did not apologize, according to Rodriguez. And listen, it was worse. Whatever statement that the NFL put out, that, that's, that doesn't jibe. And... Now Cam Newton has become a full-blown controversy when you could have taken care of it. Well, that's it. Now it's too late. No apology is going to come across as sincere. No. Right? You had the opportunity. Had the chance. In the press conference, right after the press conference, tell me that the PR head for the Panthers doesn't get to him right as that ends to advise that whatever he'd said went over as it did. To be honest, I was surprised by the time I got wind of it. You know, you're out and about and you know, between show prep and kids getting off school early and running around. By the time I saw it, I was surprised it was still up on the Panther site as part of the the full video. I would have thought that might have been scrubbed. You know, <laughs> once you start seeing it, it blow up. And it's like, all right, I'm going to watch it. And, you know, a couple of folks had said, hey, get to the six-minute, 45-second mark, and there was no way to advance on the video that I was looking at. So sat and listened, and it was still there. Hadn't been excised. I, I, was, I was surprised that that wasn't, wasn't cleaned up. And then the, the Panthers put out their statement, and if, if that's categorically untrue, they look, look even worse than, than Cam does because he's speaking, and he, and he makes obviously – uh, a, a terrible comment and, and something that has resonated and, and certainly galvanized, you know, women reporters from any sports and, and across all business that have had this impact their lives and, and you know, where they're taken, not taken seriously for their opinions and, and credentials and, and what have you, that, you know, the, the Panthers putting that statement out, they, they exacerbated this. They made, made it a much bigger issue because now it becomes a, okay, how did Cam handle it afterwards? And as an organization, did you just think it was going to blow over? No, once this is out and the audio and the video go out as well, because his tone is kind of like the Allen Iverson practice. <laughs> it's like, oh, routes? Yeah, the you know, fact that, he, he you does, know, that yeah. kind of thing, that it, it's tone deaf. And, and now... 
Ron Rivera is going to have to answer questions about it tomorrow. It's become a whole thing, and Cam Newton's going to have to eventually address this. Now, can you put him in front of cameras again? I mean, and and, and trust that he's going to say the right thing and 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 try to put this to bed. He, he had a chance to do it after, and he couldn't do it. Look, you get a glimpse into who Cam Newton is, and you get this, and you realize that. Look, I talk about, I say this all the time. I know we have a lot of racial issues in this country. That is obvious, but we have a lot of. Women are inferior issues that are just below the surface, where women are still fighting for equal pay in Hollywood. They're still fighting to be taken seriously in sports. In many facets of life, in politics, there's still an anti-woman bias that is out there that is not quite as visible because it comes up in times like this. But it's there, and it's just under the surface. And it's times like this where that story comes up and you realize, yep, we still have a thing about where women are accepted and where women shouldn't be. Twitter at How About a Fresca. Twitter at How About a Fresca, the Jason Smith Show. Jason and my best friend, Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studios. Coming up in one minute, we take a look back at the other big story of the night, a game that went about as many ways sideways as you could possibly want to see. But first, let's check in with Tom Looney and find out what is trending. Well, first of all, of course, Cam Newton getting blown up tonight on Twitter and on talk shows for a sexist remark came to the female reporter who seemed to know a lot about football. Last night, it was a Benny Mardonis kind of nice. The American League wildcard game went deep into the night. Tonight, a Bee Gees kind of night in the Valley of the Sun. The National League wildcard game had a little night fever. A four-hour baseball game spanning two days on the East Coast. Arizona Diamondbacks Colorado Rockies, a competitive game featuring 14 pitchers. But in the bottom of the first, the tone of the game was set by Diamondbacks' biggest star. And after that, Arizona never trailed. Pitch on the way, and Goldie swings. High fly ball, deep left field, warning track wall. Touch him on Goldie, a three-run homer, 3 nothing Diamondbacks. Goldie's Paul Goldschmidt, Greg Schulte with the call, KTAR Phoenix. Diamondbacks tap the Rockies, 11-8. Arizona now travels to L.A. to play the Dodgers Friday night in the NLDS. Now, before the Diamondbacks get on the plane, D-backs manager Tori Lovello scheduled to do an in-depth interview talking about balls, strikes, and home runs with Jason Smith whoa, 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 and Michael whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> here on Fox Sports Radio. Yes. You make it sound like it's one of those, and tonight Barbara Walters will sit down yes. with Kim Kardashian. I assume you're going to ask him if he was a tree. What kind of tree would he be? I am not going to ask no? him that. I am not. No. Just because you brought that. that up, now inquiring minds want to know. Maybe you know what? You should, Mike. You know, the show the show you host, JT the Brick Show, I want the you to do The JT the Brick Show with Tom Looney yes, since the... 2009. I'd love to include my name. It's my brand, too. No jingle necessary. That's obnoxious, Alex. That's why I didn't need to say it, because I knew you were going to play the jingle. No, the next time you do an interview, you have to ask him at the end for no reason. What kind of tree would you be if you were a tree? Oh, well, Whoever you get, whoever it is. If it's Aaron Judge after a three-run homer to win game one of the ALDS, you have to say, hey, if you were a tree, what kind well, of tree would you be? The problem I have with that was with every other question I ask, JT rolls his eyes and huffs and puffs thinking it's a dumb question. <laughs> So I don't know if we need to add any more to my list of dumb questions over the years. and puffs. There we go. We're getting insights. We could uh, an intrigue. We could here. start a Twitter fight between Looney and JT. Oh, here. No, well, no, let's no. go. Very easy. He would just say, "Oh, that's true." That's what yeah, he yeah, would yeah. say. No, because I got it. I got in a nice. It was fun because you look, JT and I. I've been friends with JT for like 15 years right. now. But like on Sunday, 
He's he's tweeting out, when will this Jets-Jaguars game end? Because, you know, all of America got it because it was the only game going on. It was an overtime. Right. We're missing the beginning of the Raiders and the Broncos, <laughs> a real game. And I said, screw you. You have to watch the Jets. And we're going That's back great. and forth. That's this great. is an embarrassment to football, which it really was. <laughs> But of course, I'm defending seeing the Jets on, you know, of course, uh, across the country. But Did you then it. start tweeting in the fourth quarter of the Raiders <laughs> oh, Broncos yeah. game Did as you? to what you were watching oh, no, there? No. You know what? I got no response from JT when they were losing, and I, I quote tweeted, I wrote back, I said, "Hey, you want to go back to the Jets Jaguars game now?" <laughs> nothing, <laughs> nothing from JT. I got nothing back from him on that. Hardcore. Oh, he is hardcore, and it was fun to tell him tonight. Uh, hey, by the way, your team is trying to win and they're 0-4 the Giants and my team is trying to lose and we're 2-2. and Oh yeah, that is so <laughs> right. Hey, well, it looks like your team's not going to get that first round pick but you know that's all I always tell you they, they, so a lot of times, remember Portland Trailblazers had the first pick when uh, didn't they? When Michael Jordan was oh. available. So, well you know, you know it happens. Yeah, it yeah, happens. Boy. It happens a lot that the first pick sucks. <laughs> Thank you Mr. All Looney. Right. Appreciate it buddy. Uh, we are waiting. Tori Lovello, uh, our Reporter, intrepid reporter Kirk Kretschmer is in the dugout in Arizona awaiting his arrival. So we will hopefully get him for you sometime in the next few minutes. Uh, if not, you'll probably hear him on the Ben Maller Show. So so, so there that. you have it. So there you have it. Uh, but tonight we watched the Diamondbacks win by the final of 11-8, to and it was a thrilling game. I, I, you know, listen, this was a game that it looked like it was over early because the Diamondbacks were up 6 nothing. Then the then the, the Rockies fight back, and... Then they're trading runs every inning from the seventh, the eighth, the ninth inning. Archie Bradley hits a two-run triple and and then gives up a two-run homer. It was exciting. But, and I got to be honest, you have games that are four hours long. That's difficult. You had two back-to-back games four hours long, 351-354. That's something that Major League Baseball's got to say, hey, maybe Rob Manfred makes a phone call and says, uh, let's, let's, uh, let's move it along a little bit here. But it's the playoffs. Doesn't matter. <laughs> every out matters on a grand level. If, if you could, you'd sponsor every one of those 27 outs. Ooh, it's a, oh, well, hey, that's an idea. This out brought to you by... <gasps> This ground out to third brought to you by Valvoline. That's right. Sub-brands oh, and all I the like way that. through. That is right. Joining us now on the hotline, Diamondbacks manager... Tori Lovello, giving you some UCLA walk-up music. Skip, how you doing? <laughs> I feel that. You know, that's one of my proudest songs. Whenever I hear that, it stops in my track. Yeah, my home. That's where I'm at. I love it. Well, Thank you for that. No, pray, no problem. Uh, congratulations on the win tonight. Thank you, guys. Yeah, good day, good win, good moment. I was proud of these guys. You know, there's a lot of emotion in a, in a one-game knockout game, so... I'm I'm real happy for these guys. I'm happy that we're moving on. All right, now tell me the truth. What's going through your head? You're watching Archie Bradley bat. You know, he had just come in in the top, gotten a run out. Here he is batting with two runners on. What's going through your head? Well, <laughs> I felt like uh, he was, you know, good enough. He's been working hard enough to, to go up and put up a good at-bat. But Pat Neshek has great stuff, and he overmatches really, really good hitters that have been hitting their whole life. But, you know, Archie had, uh, has a knack for the big moment. We all know his personality. He loves to dive into those situations and um, got a good pitch. He got a mistake and, and drove it over the left center into the left center field gap. So when he was running around the bases, the one, the one conscious thought I had was, oh, God, don't get hurt, don't slide, don't do anything, stop at second base. And then uh, when he finally does make it to uh, third base and he, he gets up in a cloud of dust and he's healthy and happy and uh, 
Uh, that was like was relieved. But you know, he, he's the type of guy I wasn't totally surprised by the outcome. He works hard for that type of stuff. You know, it's funny, we, his big quote after the game was, you know, why'd you hit that double? He said, well, I could tell I didn't have my best stuff tonight, so I'd have to do it with the bat. I, I was wondering if he told you that at any point. You know, Skip, I don't have my best stuff tonight, so I'm just going to hit. No. no, no, no. If he'd have told me that, I would have been like, let's get him out of the game. No way, get out. <laughs> but, no, he, he, uh, he's got a great answer for all those, those little things that he walked through, and it doesn't surprise me he told you guys that. He's pretty quick-witted. I like that. One pitch, one out, get the triple, and then he gets to leave like George Costanza on a high note. Uh, Robbie Ray throws his thir- 34 pitches. Are, are we going to see him very early in, in this coming series based on that, that move that you made in-game? Well, you know, uh, he did a great job of bridging the gap to the back end of our bullpen, and that's what we're looking for. And He's one of our best pitchers all year long. So I wasn't really thinking number-wise uh, where we clip him to make him available. We didn't know if we'd get through the game, but we'll do as a, as a group is we'll sit down, we'll talk about where we're at with uh, numbers and, and pitches and availability and keep moving forward for the uh, setting up our rotation for the next series. So those are things that we're talking about right now. I just came from my office with the front office uh, joining me, and we were walking through different scenarios. We'll see how guys come out of this tomorrow. we got to work out in L.A., let them get into their throwing program, and then piece together the best, the best uh, situation moving forward. How much does your regular season success against the Dodgers play into this series coming up? Well, I mean, it might give us a little bit of confidence to know that uh, that we, we're not going to get run over or we feel good about the matchup, and that, that'll just be our starting point. And uh, what I told these guys is that uh, in, in the postseason, it's totally different than the regular season. we got to go out and earn things in the regular season, which we did, and then once you, once you get to that point where – You've reached that different animal, and the postseason is upon you. You you got to start to earn things all over again. So we're 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 finally through the the first checkpoint where we got through the wild card game, and we got to go out and earn everything we possibly can against a very qualified Dodger team, and that's going to be our mindset. All right, Skip. One more question before we let you go. How did Goldschmidt hit that ball? I mean, seriously, well, how yeah, did he <laughs> hit that ball? I mean, I know you how good he is, but come on. Yeah, he's he's a great hitter, and uh, you know, I've been. I've been talking about his 0 for 17 because people have been asking me that question left and right. And I, I just knew that a couple of days off, he was going to go back to the drawing board. He was going to hunt something. He's going to hunt a pitch. And he did. I think he was probably sitting on that pitch. And you can see it was a big three-run home run that got us playing downhill baseball. And that's what we did all year. Mr. Lavello, congratulations on the victory. Best of luck with the uh, Dodgers and best of luck with Josh Rosen. And we'll talk to you right, down the guys. road. Uh, I love that song, you guys. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> there you go. See you, Skip. Thanks. He's our guy now. There you go. Tori Lovello's our guy. He's our guy. We played Forever. the UCLA song for him, and that's it. Do we match him up and just start saying, how do you, how do you win the battle against fellow UCLA? <laughs> <laughs> Dave Roberts, do we get into that, too? <laughs> Can you imagine if, you know, as he said, if I knew that Archie Bradley wasn't going to pitch, I would have taken him out of the game. Lovello <laughs> pinch hits for Bradley. <laughs> Ruins game. <laughs> he, got his, he got his one... <laughs> One pitch, one out. That's it. Great stuff there from Skip. Coming up next, our play of the night and more shenanigans. And maybe Jerry Rice will crash another way. Yeah! Fox. Take off your uniform. Take off your cleats. Take off your jockstrap. I'm going to eat that ass up. You know, my boyfriend looks like a catfish. The slide over baby hour. Brought to you inside the Geico Studios, the Jason Smith Show. Jason Smith sitting back in his chair and... Reveling in all the great one-liners he's made over time. Hot bringing round. people together. Great news! There's a quick way you can save money. 
Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Thanks to Diamondbacks manager Tori Lovello joining us a few minutes ago, talking about the big Diamondbacks victory over the Colorado Rockies. They move on, and they've already had a meeting about the Los Angeles Dodgers. You came on with us. He said, I just got out of my meeting with my front office, with everybody figuring things out about the Dodgers. No rest. They enjoyed the win for about an hour, and now here they are ready for the Dodgers. Watch out. Yeah, they're going to need more than a meeting. Ooh, you know, here's the thing. Everything the Dodgers accomplished during the regular season, it's out the window now because they're playing a team that knows doesn't matter what they did, doesn't matter they finished ahead of us by 15 games, doesn't matter they had the division wrapped up in July. It doesn't matter. None of that matters anymore. doesn't matter that Zach Greinke was awful tonight. Makes no difference because we know we can beat them. This is as much of a toss-up as it is anything else. This is not the Dodgers coming in as overwhelming favorites. This series is a toss-up because the Diamondbacks have played them tough. Yasiel Puig even admitted it during the season. He said, for some reason, the Diamondbacks play us tougher than any other team in the National League. They are filled with confidence. They know going in they can win. And now you look at game one. Game one is now, again, more of a must-have for the Dodgers and Clayton Kershaw than it was a month and a half ago when it was well, if Kershaw doesn't win, it doesn't matter because Darvish in Game 2 will win. Wood will win Game 3. Now it's back to what it was last year and the year before and the year before. When Kershaw's on the mound, the Dodgers have to have it. No, and that's the thing that we've talked about being here in Los Angeles, the chronicling this team and the highs and lows, and certainly that, what, 60 wins in 70 games followed by that huge slide, a number of injuries. It's all out the window. You know, you talk about these two wildcard games that, well, A, took forever, and B, all four teams using their pitching staffs to the brink uh, just time and again. And you're looking at uh, a staff that will come into this series a bit bit worn out. We asked the question about Robbie Ray and his use. And, you know, with Clayton Kershaw, everybody points to his history. You're now looking squarely at that Dodgers middle relief. Right, that that's that. Forget about game two, game three starters. This is however far Clayton Kershaw goes. Do they pick him up? And you know, one of the guys that was nails to start the season, Baez, will finished as badly as he began. So now you've got to figure out what's that bridge to Jansen as you go through. But certainly exciting to see two teams that are matched up so well uh, and know each other as well as they do in a playoff series because we'll get the managers matching wits and you'll see the quick hooks again. I'm just curious to see how this series plays and what Clayton Kershaw's got. Time now for the play of the night brought to you by Geico. There's a quick way to save money. Go to geico.com and in 15 minutes you could save 15% or more in car insurance. Call 1-800-947-AUTO the other way. That is great news. Great news. There is really only one play of the night. Diamondbacks reliever Archie Bradley who's had a pretty good season establishing himself as one of the best relievers in Major League Baseball after coming up as a, a young starting pitcher that we thought was going to be a star. I'm so excited. Uh, Tim, oh, Tim, I wish you could pitch, Tim. I, I'd slot you in right behind DeGrom with no hair and Syndergaard, and you'd be the number three guy, Tim. I'm very, very excited. Is DeGrom still a number one with no hair? Uh, yeah, un- until he proves that it's not the hair, yes. Six months to wait. Doesn't matter. No, nice no, no. long wait now. No, no, no. He, he, can, he can grow that hair back if he needs to. But that's to. the it's question. Okay. Will he oh, have no, it by yes. opening day? Will he have long Ooh. locks or extensions? Uh, Maybe a weave. I don't know. I'm going to say I'm going to say what happened is 
DeGrom's going to let it grow. He kind of had to let it go here because he can't fit his hair under the hat anymore. Do you think he cut it because <laughs> he's got a TV role or movie role? Uh, no, then you keep it, wouldn't you? That's what people want. Well, they want maybe, to see the hair But flying. maybe they want to see his versatility. Mm. And he's not just playing himself. Or his wife told him, you got to cut your hair. And, and he said yes. Because I had an earring, and I love my earring. I had a, I had a great Barry, Boss, Barry Bonds dangling cross earring that I wore. <laughs> oh, I loved it. And then I started dating Penn. No. And I said, what do you think of my earring? She goes, oh, I hate earrings on guys. <laughs> okay, I'll lose it. And so I lost the earring. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was like, okay, that's it. Didn't like it. Oh, I agree. That that I, I when I saw, I said that Barry Bonds dangling cross is the most awesome earring in the world. So I had it. Oh, it was great. I loved it. Loved it. Loved it. I said, "What do you think?" Nah, I don't like it. I, All right. I really fine. wish that shaking my damn head thing would have translated into radio gold right there. Uh, but the play of the night: Archie Bradley comes in in the seventh inning and gets the final out, preserving the Diamondbacks' one-run lead. He comes up to bat in the bottom of the seventh with two runners on, and you're just hoping, well, don't strike out or hit into a double play. Archie Bradley turned that into the play of the night. Here's Nisic's pitch, and Archie shot to left center field. That's going to gap it all the way to the wall. Two runs are going to score. Archie's into second. He's not going to stop. Here he comes to third. He slides in safely with a triple. Archie Bradley, 8-5 D-backs. Diamondbacks Radio Network on the call. Bradley would then go on to give up back-to-back jacks in the top of the eighth inning. So, really, he did what he was supposed to tonight. He came in with a one-run lead, and he left with a one-run lead. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's a lot of stuff going on in between, but hey, I could give up two two runs. Why? Because I knocked it in with a Certainly triple. made for a lot of excitement. Yeah, that's all he did. So, Archie, you get the last few seconds of the show tonight as we can celebrate you, Veronica, and Betty, and Jughead, and Everybody else. Archie Bradley, your play of the night right here. Ben Maller is next on Fox Sports Radio. I'm very, very excited about it. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.